Blog Talk Radio. Spring practice 2019 is down to two final sessions. One on Thursday in the new Carol Sofer indoor practice facility and one on Saturday at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. This past weekend, Hurricane fans got their first glimpse at the 2019 team. What did you think of the way the team looked if you were there or watched the video? What were your thoughts on the quarterback battle? How did it feel to see guys in motion, quarterbacks under center? Though much of what new coordinator Dan Enos will introduce in the fall was kept under wraps on Saturday, and we suspect that the same will be the case in Orlando this weekend. It's all plenty of cause to have a special edition of Kane Sport Live. So here we are this evening. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and I welcome you back once again to Kane Sport Live, the people's show. As always, it's your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. We have plenty of open phone lines, room for everybody that wants to call in and talk spring football to call in. I'm imagining that our show tonight will not be as long as our regular season shows typically are, um, but I do encourage anybody that has some spring football thoughts and questions on their mind to uh, dial us up and we'll, uh, we'll go at it. And uh, we also ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Um, there's several of those um, and we will address them also tonight during the course of the show. All right. Obviously, the offense and the quarterbacks have been the primary focus of the team this, this spring with Manny Diaz transitioning into the head coaching role. So that put all eyes on new offensive coordinator Dan Enos from day one. Today, we asked Enos, for starters, what his impressions were of Saturday's scrimmage after he watched the game tape. Take a listen. You know, like uh, like most scrimmages, there was there was some good stuff we did. Um, obviously, there was a lot to correct. There's a lot to build on, though. I, I really think that uh, from an offensive standpoint, um, the last three three to four practices, we've we've really improved. It's been really encouraging uh, to see the improvement in such a short amount of time. But I think obviously it, it happens with reps. It happens with time. It happens with uh, guys understanding there's a process and. Um, and then the coaches demanding that we do things right all the time. And believe me, we weren't, we weren't, we weren't perfect Saturday, nor were we today, but we're, we're making strides. Guys are um, starting to do things we're asking them to do uh, from a schematic standpoint, and then obviously from a fundamental standpoint as well. So very encouraged by what we've seen, um, and we're just going to keep just keep the foot on the gas pedal and just keep trying to push them every day to get better and better. A striking development during Saturday's scrimmage came when struggling Tate Martell who many thought coming into spring practice would be the savior of this team and the Canes offense, was booed by fans in the stands after throwing a wobbling duck into the ground. Pretty much, I would say, in about the middle of the scrimmage. Now, Martell has really struggled throughout the spring, and it has created a pretty polarizing topic, let's be honest, uh, for the fan base. Uh, You know, I think a lot of people built themselves up 
uh, into believing that this guy was going to come in and, and be sort of like um, a savior of this team and, and take the quarterback play to a whole nother level. And when everyone started watching him out on the field, throwing the ball, he was why he's been wildly inaccurate really since day one. And it's becoming fairly obvious that Tate Martell most likely will be the number three quarterback at best exiting the spring. And I say at best because there's a walk on out there also by the name of Carson Proctor, who we feel has looked every bit as good or better than Martell this spring if things are evaluated, you know, equally and, and fairly. Now, you know, Proctor's not getting the same opportunities. Uh, you know, you didn't see him do anything on Saturday, and he's an insurance policy without question. Uh, but that's giving it to you the truth in a truthful fashion. He has – Martell has not looked significantly better than Proctor this spring, and Proctor looks amazingly good for a walk-on that came here from um, I, I, Coffeyville Community College. He spent his first two years at Arkansas, has two years of eligibility remaining. Um, this is not your typical walk-on, let's put it that way. This kid's looked pretty decent on the practice field, and that has added a little bit to the element of surprise over the way Martell has been performing. And uh, Enos today, I thought, tried to take some pressure off Tate Martell, um, pointed out a lot of the things um, that he feels that Tate is going through that might be contributing to his shakiness in practices and in, you know, Saturday in the scrimmage. But the bottom line is that if you're going to be a starting quarterback at the division one level, you got to be able to shake all that off. You have to be able to rise to the occasion under the pressure. So in a lot of ways, the way this spring is evolving is really good for this football team because they're getting a real true picture of not just where Tate Martell stands right now, but also Jaron Williams and Nicozy Perry. And uh, those two maybe have responded a little bit better to being under the gun and a little bit better to the pressure than Tate Martell has this spring. And um, I think that's why right now you see P Perry and Williams running neck and neck in the race to start. Uh, Perry's played in football games before, so he probably has a little bit of an edge right now. But uh, don't sleep on Jaron Williams. Jaron Williams is a very accurate passer. Um, looks like a whole different guy th th this spring, and, and you can see the growth and, and the potential. And uh, the coaches said today that this thing is going to go into the fall for sure. Uh, not a surprise there, but, but they did pretty much validate that today. So let's take a listen to what Coach Enos had to say about his quarterbacks. Well, the, the first thing is is that there will not be a quarterback selected till the fall. I mean, we're not going to like announce a starting quarterback this week. So uh, these these three guys continue to improve. Um, they continue to do all all of them have have good days, and then the one will be ahead, and then the other one bumps ahead. It's, it's too close to tell right now. But I will say this: they're all getting better. You know, it's it's been really encouraging. Um, to watch their pocket demeanor, you know, the fundamentals, their eyes, their feet, uh, coming off the reads, uh, you know, like Jaron, for example, Saturday, he did something in the scrimmage that's a very small thing, but it was like that. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, and again, they all had moments like that, and they all have, which are which are good good things. And then and then we'll have a moment of, of 
you know, you know, part of this position is this. Again, you know, everybody talks about handling adversity, but I, the, the, I've been coaching and playing this position for a long time. One of the biggest things is learning how to handle success. And that's the game, but I'm talking to play to play. Um, you know what I mean? So I have three or four good plays in a row, and that causes them sometimes to relax a little bit, maybe just a little bit, just relax a little bit, and then that leads to a mistake. And I think that's a that's another thing young quarterbacks, which all these three guys are, in my, in my opinion, are very, very young. They're learning every day. There's something new to learn. But you got to know only how to handle adversity, but handle success too. I've had two or three good plays, and then I make a huge mistake because maybe I did relax. Maybe I did get complacent for a play. You know, um, and, and they have to learn how to, you know, clear the mechanism, if you will, every play and play the next play. Learn from the, the past play, good or bad, and then move on to the next play. And I think that's a that's an attribute that we're working with these guys on on, on a daily basis. But that one has reared its ugly head here in the last couple practices. And then what we're looking at this week from the quarterbacks, I'd like to see these guys handle the team, get them in and out of the huddle, get to the line of scrimmage, get us in the right plays in the run game and the protection-wise, and just basically just, just manage the game and manage the team and not be not be Superman, but take what the defense gives them and move the team. And, again, we saw glimpses of that on Saturday, I think, with, with the guys. And continue want to see that Saturday. I mean, the thing to learn from this thing is, like, is, for example, Saturday. You know, we had people at the game. There was a crowd there. And I know that's not a big deal. There wasn't, you know, 80,000 people there, but there was people there. And so as a quarterback and as a player, you have to learn how. When you moment you walk on the field for a warm-up, you have to get your mind on the, the things they need to be on, right? You can't focus on looking around at the crowd, the bigger the game, the bigger the game. You have to focus on what my job is, where my feet are supposed to be, where my eyes are supposed to be. And Saturday was a practice for those quarterbacks to do that. And I talked with them about that on Saturday morning. Like, you need to learn from this. Don't let that be a distraction. As a coach, I have to do the same thing. I can't walk out on the game, you know, free game, and there's a big game, there's people there, and then your mind waters and your people wanders and you're not focused on the game. So all these things, these experiences with the crowd, with people watching, are important because we don't get preseason games to do that. You know what I mean? So these things are all very important for the development of the quarterback. And, again, I talk about quarterback development. Physical, mental, and emotional. There's three areas that they have to, to develop. And the physical part we're doing, the mental part we're doing, and then the emotional part is, that is what I'm talking about, handling success, handling adversity, handling an environment, okay? handling a crowd, staying poised, staying focused, and learning how you do your job no matter what the circumstances are around you. All right, so the table is set now, and it's time to go out to your calls and see what you thought of the scrimmage, what you think of the quarterbacks, and what has been going on in spring practice in general. The number is 563 563- Nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. You hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. That'll put you in the queue. We'll bring you on the show in the order that you appear in that queue. So let's go out to the phone lines right now and let's begin tonight in the seven eight six. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening, Gary? Always a pleasure, and uh, can't thank you guys enough for. For putting this show on tonight, uh, so many of us loyal fans that are committed to this program and these kids over many, many, many decades now, it's just great that you do this for us. So again, we appreciate it. All right, who's this? Everything three hundred five. This is everything three hundred five. I, th- I thought I recognized your voice. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. So talk. So talk to us. Speak. Go ahead. Speak. Speak the truth well, to us. What I, do you I think? I tell you, I'm, I'm going to share, share this with you. Uh, I had a chance to go to two different uh, two different workouts. The first one was the one at, on campus, 
And uh, the second one was the one at uh, at CC at uh, Columbus, Christopher Columbus High School. Um, and so you did not I, attend the scrimmage Saturday. No, I was I was at my granddaughter's school game up in Georgia, so I, I was not there. But uh, okay, uh, from what I've seen and the opportunities that I've had, which are a little bit more than I've had in the past, uh, a good friend of mine is uh, very well connected with the program and a, a, an ardent supporter for three plus decades. But um, what I've seen is, is exactly what I've been telling you for, for two years now. The inability to have talent and to develop the talent uh, in the trenches, uh, in particular the offensive end, is, is basically where a program is set around. You know, the obvious and the sexy part is to look at what, who the quarterback's going to be. Who are those going to be individuals? And, and right now, to be honest with you, it doesn't matter who that person's going to be. And, and people need to be understand this. They're, they're almost interchangeable. They really are almost interchangeable. There is no separation whatsoever between Nicosi and Jaron, to my eye. Gary, there's no, there's no set-tier special kid. And, and, and it's not to demean these kids, because I, I, that's never been my point. My point is there's always that, that once-in-a-lifetime talent or that top-tier talent that comes your way. And not to say that these kids can develop into that, because that's not fair either. But based on what we've seen, based on their skill set, based on their football IQ when bullets are flying, et cetera, et cetera, I don't see that from any of these kids. Um, and, and so my purpose has always been to, to emphasize the most critical area of any football program, and that's, that's how good you are in the first line, which is your trenches. And, and from what I've seen, um, and I went to the coach clinic too, um, Coach B's great. Uh, got a great uh, resume, a great body of work. But you can tell that he's going to be very frustrated, and he's already frustrated, based on the ability to get these kids to play at a higher level of accountability, at a higher level of commitment, at a higher level of expectation. All those things, he's basically got to brainwash these kids in the next three months. Uh, and, and that process so far has not looked good. The kids that have come in new, um, you know, the project kid that I still think is a, is a major project, a, a kid from Carolina, I mean, those kids don't have any bad habits that they're still trying to grow into their bodies. So there's less negative, there's less negative, uh, I want to say, habits there and mentality there that they're, they're the ones that are going to show up the most quickly because there's nothing negative to begin with other than where they're coming from at the high school level. And you can see it, Gary. We, we are very thin. Obviously, we are. But we're very poorly, fundamentally, uh, our hands. God, these offensive linemen, they hit like girls. I, I have not seen anything that makes me want to say, that kid right there is special. That kid's got a shot. You know, Hayden Mahoney – I was never a really big fan of his ability to be, a, you know, a, a starter. But that kid, losing that kid, has really hurt this offensive line. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, I mean, you, you're, you're, you've had, you've heard all the talk about a true freshman this spring, Zion Nelson, as a tackle. Um, yeah. Carolina I mean, that State. tells you right there. That that right there. I mean, I think pretty much sums up the situation. And you know, the Tommy Kennedy was brought in from Butler. Uh, I think there was a lot of anticipation that he might be part of a solution. That has not panned out at all. Um, he, 
it, it was pretty easy to figure out early that he was not going to be able to play tackle. They moved him to center. He was playing backup center and was getting pretty much destroyed by, um, you know, the guys inside, John Ford, Nesta, and those guys, you know, were pretty much having their way with him inside to the point when Gaynor got hurt and um, they had to decide who was going to go play center with the first team, they moved Navon Donaldson to center. So who had never played center in his life and has been doing a great job, by the way. But, you know, but that just that kind of sums up the situation on the O-line. Not to interrupt you on Tommy, but here's here's the problem with Tommy. He's fundamentally sound, according to a guy who played in the NFL for 11 years that was with us at at Columbus. I'm not going to mention his name, but he said he is sounder fundamentally than all these kids. The problem is he is slower than all these kids based Mm -hmm. on natural athletic talent and ability. He's just slower, but his mechanics were much better. His balance is better. All those things, his hands are better. Um, I mean, mentally, you could tell he's, he's a step up, but the problem is physically he can't do it. And, and that's just based on going from the level he was at, uh, where he should have probably stayed at, coming to this level. And what, what's going to happen, this is the type of guy that, from what I heard, was, you know, this is a guy can still play, which is weird, because this guy played in the league. This guy can still play in the league. He's one of those kids that goes undrafted as a late, late draft choice, bounces around a little bit, and then gets and then develops. Because according to what they were saying, his his ability is not so much the strength; it's courting the strength with the speed. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's pretty much what I what I gathered and heard that day. Um, and to point out what Navon has done. Yeah, that kid is the most talented offensive lineman. Fundamentally, he's pretty poor, according to what this guy was telling me. But then again, that was that was a you know just a one one opportunity we had to talk a little bit for a couple of minutes. Um, and converse to this, look at everybody getting excited about the defensive line. Now, what is there to get excited about and hoot and holler about when the guy in front of you, you know, is way way behind? Everybody else's skill set. That you, I mean, you're not playing against a comparable foe every day and day out. And to see one kid who's get turned and he strikes, hooting and hollering. I mean, it, it was. I mean, he, they had to temper him down. But Gary, I got to tell you, we are not good on the defensive line. We are not. Uh, good it's on the it's very much line. in question, and 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 I think you hit on something here that's one of the big problems right now. Is I'm not sure the coaches are getting a real good read on the defensive side of the ball for where they really are and what they have. Uh, you know, just the, the, the struggles that the O-line has had throughout the spring, when they go live, uh, the, the quarterbacks aren't always getting enough balls in the air. And it got to the point where in the scrimmage the other day, they were waving off sacks. You know, they were, they were just pretending like they didn't even happen just so they can, the secondary can get some work. And, uh, so there's a lot of little subplots here and sub problems that I think are a byproduct of what's going on on the offensive line, and uh, it's going to be a drama all the way up to August 24th. There's no doubt about it. Well, I, you know the, the drama is going to be there, and you know as fans, and I and listen, I classify myself as a blind ass fan too. I'm not going. I mean, I've, I've always professed that here with you. So you've got to be able to see the game as what to I, th- I think you are when you're on the show and not when you're on the message board. But, you know, I guess that's just that's a okay. matter of opinion. I, 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 that's a matter of <laughs> interpretation. 
But the bottom <laughs> line is we're, we are, we're all homers to an extent. We're, we, are, we are all invested to an extent, no doubt about it. But you've got to be able to separate that fandom. And most guys can't, especially if you've never coached before. You can't do that. But I'm telling you, it is so poor what I'm seeing that eight and four might be a stretch and seven and five might be our reality. Uh, you got a lot of kids that are unproven. And the secondary, uh, you see some great plays and you see some horrible plays. And again, like you just mentioned earlier, you, you, you're not getting a true test. So to go into, into Orlando on August 24th to think that you're going to be ready. And, and then for many of uh, the, the people on, maybe the members of Kingsport to point out, well, we're going to have this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. Let me explain something to you. All those guys that are not here right now, if one of them contributes significantly, it'll be a miracle. Because I don't care where you're at, what, what JUCO you're at, what high school you're at, what four-year school you're at that you're just working out, it's not the same thing when you miss spring. You're going to be way behind. And by the time you get a feel on things, it's November, Gary. That's what happens yeah. to the average transfer kid. It takes a while. Unless you've got an outstanding front, either offensively or defensively, that can cover a lot of issues. And you've got some kids that are just hurt, and you get your opportunity. Other than that, it's hard to make an impact. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the guys that came in last year uh, at the line of scrimmage, um, you know, Venzel Bulwer, Tito Adenigmo, um, they didn't really start making a real impact until later in the middle to the end of the season. Yeah, it was it was Gary, and that's my that was a perfect point. That that was basically in November when all this when their their contribution got better and better. And by the way, Bowler, I mean, again, this is a good source. Guy thinks he's going to get drafted, and I and I never guessed that, dude. I would have never guessed that. Yeah, I'll believe I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, you know, we'll see. Like, I, I've heard that. I've heard that too. I'll be I'll be surprised. And then my and the guy was telling me, listen, he's got a great agent. He's done well in the workouts that he has gone to. He did well pro day, I guess, but I'm like, I don't see it. But, you know, I, I got to bless him. I hope he gets to, to get every opportunity he's going to be able to, to be afforded to him. But um, the next thing I wanted to touch upon, we've talked about the obvious for most, but not to some, recruiting. And that the obvious, where we're at right now affects recruiting. And right now everybody's excited that we're the fourth class or the third class or the second class. And just as you're excited, you need to understand that as soon as you don't win, those kids are gone. They've got to win. So we're, we're win. stuck in this rut, and that's our reality. That, that's my got to win nine games. You, you gotta, I, I think you've got to be in a big bowl game to have a shot. I mean, Mark Rick did it. We're in a big bowl game. We don't win it. Still didn't get everybody wanted, everybody we needed. And the ones mm-hmm. we got were overrated. You know, and that's the other thing. Well, he's a four-star. You know, I, I get all that. Until you start gathering five or six five-stars, at least every every two years, if you've got five or six that you've brought in, you've got that's major talent you're bringing in. Uh, Rivals did a good thing on, on five-star predictions and their impact. I don't know if you saw that study. And I, I got to tell you, it was so on point. Fifteen years ago, it was it wasn't that accurate. Ten years ago, it was a little bit more accurate. In the last six years, it's almost at what forty one percent. That's significant, Gary. Yeah, no, yeah. There's no doubt. If a kid's being rated a five star, there's a pretty good chance he's going to play at the college level. And and I, I know there's exceptions. I mean, we're watching Tate Martell struggle mightily right now. He was a five star. 
but yeah, and and the point you're making, I think, is a good one. I, I think you got to have one impact guy at every position group if you're gonna, you know, be able to go and compete to win the ACC, uh, compete to be in the playoff. You know, if your goals are just to win the Coastal, uh, you know, two out of every four years or something like that, and, you know, pl- plug along, you know, maybe at Miami you can survive without five-star elite elite type of players. Um, but if you want to seriously go challenge Clemson and Charlotte one of these years, you're absolutely right. They got to start getting some five-stars. And, you know, let's give them some credit. They're getting some of them to visit, which is which is better than no doubt. than it's than it's been in in the past. And uh, you had this uh, just a, an NFL looking tight end on campus today by the name of Darnell Washington. You probably read the story about him on KingSport.com. Um, you had a linebacker in here the other day who is an Flo, absolute freak Flo, by the name Flo. of Justin yep. Flo. And 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 yep. they both those kids liked it well enough to where Miami's going to probably get one of their five official visits. So they're making some progress. But the point you make is a good one in that if they don't win, they're, they're not going to get either one of those kids or any of the other ones to come behind them and, and, and show interest. So uh, you, you got you got to win at the end of the day. You gotta win at the end of the day, and then you've gotta, and then you've gotta make it happen. If you get what I'm saying, and that's the thing that Mark didn't do. He won. He didn't get the main ones, you know. And, and, that, and that was attacked on here day in and day out for it. But you've got to make sure those five stars, at least one of them, stays home, because then another one stays home. And then next year, three stay home. And the year no, after if that, if you if you have a five home. star that's local, you you almost have to keep that kid. I mean. I mean, but what, what the, when the last one we got was Tracy Howard, correct? Uh, probably, yeah. Another I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tracy Howard and Duke are the last ones, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, last thing I want to point out, and, and I've always mentioned that this, this gentleman who's, who's, who's been a coach here now for, what, four years now, three years, the guy is an insane teacher. He is such a good teacher in Mike Rump. The guy was phenomenal at the coaching clinics. Talked to him for a good 10 minutes. Asked him, what was the main issue? Coming on board, getting used to the college role, uh, as opposed to being a head guy in high school. And his biggest thing to me was the amount of time and preparation that he has to put forth in coaching and balancing that out, being a family man, you know, having his, his family. And also trying to recruit. These are these words coming out of his mouth. And a great guy. He was fantastic. Rump's um, the best. Yeah, him, he's great. I made it clear to him. I go, listen, I've been very critical of you based on your recruiting. Because he goes, hey, many people have, and that's okay. Uh, I mentioned to him one thing that, that upset me. I said, you admitted that to him, huh? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Good and, for you, man. Good for you. And several, and several people there that witnessed it and, and applauded me. But anyway – yeah, I'll applaud you too because you know it's one thing it's one thing to hide behind a screen name, you know it's one thing to you know well, to fall into your everything three hundred five character and say some of the stuff that you, that you say and you know you're a provocative guy and and you you have been very critical of of, of Coach Rumpf and I give you a lot of credit that when you were standing there face to face, man to man. That you had the the cojones, uh, I guess will be the word I'll use to well, to tell very, him, yeah, I've been critical of you. I'm more than twice his age too. I don't think he's gonna hit an old guy anyway. 
But no, anyway, I, he wouldn't hit I, you I anyway. But but I give you credit for admitting that you've been critical of him <laughs> while you're sitting there talking to him. I, I mean, not everybody would game. do not everybody would do that. And and I asked him, the biggest thing for me is how you know why is it to me that it appears that you don't take it to the next level with these kids. He's like, it's very simple. Time is one. Number two, if you don't really want to play for me, I'm not. I, I really don't want to invest too much time into you because there might be that kid who's a, who's a, maybe a tier, who's my second tier kid, but has a bigger a bigger growth span or a bigger or a bigger opportunity to grow and get better, mm-hmm. even though they've got different skill sets. And I thought that was interesting that he mentioned that because that's pretty much what I've been pointing out for three years now. He doesn't kiss any kid's ass to come here. You want to be a part well, of this? Be a part of I this. think Trey John Bandy is an example of what he's talking about. <laughs> and if Trey John, ba- if Trey John Bandy was taller, he'd be a first-round draft pick. You, 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 you've seen him out there. What do you think? Uh, well, you know, I'm 5'10", and I'm, I'm 61 and a half. And, and this guy, is, is, is he's 5'9". Yeah, maybe I'm six one at this age. I don't know because I think he's more like five eight and a half. But anyway, yeah, I, what a, I, uh, yeah. But but do you watch uh, how he competes? Gary, he's he's pretty much the best defensive player that I saw mm-hmm. these past couple of weeks. But I'm going to tell you something too that I kind of like. But again, it's it's jaded based on who we're, they're going against. This kid Miller, he's gotten a lot stronger. He's in better, much better shape. I kind of like that kid from Jacksonville. Um, they're, doing a ni- a ni- they're doing a nice job. Dave Feely, the new strength coach, is doing a great job with these kids. High energy guy, Gary. High energy guy. Yep. All day, yep. every day. High energy guy. Manny's gonna. I think man, at the end, if there's one guy that can fix it, it's gonna be Manny. And I hope it's he's the guy. And I hope we have a fantastic year. And I'll let you go because I know we got several people on hold. But uh, Gary, thanks again for giving us this opportunity. Us diehard, us, us loyal Kane fans, that this program means a heck of a lot to us, so is our community. So thanks again for giving us the opportunity, Gary. Take care. God bless. All right, man. Then thanks for getting us started, and uh, kudos to you for admitting to Coach Rumpf again that uh, that you're critical of him when you're face-to-face, that you didn't just hide behind your name. So that's good. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you? Uh, doing great. Who's this, uh, Adam? Yeah. Wow. My memory's uh, good, man. It's been a few months, but I'm, yeah. uh, I'm recognizing your voices. What's going on? How you been? Good. I wasn't able to watch the spring game, but I wanted to ask you, what do you think the strength of this team is? Obviously, the weakness will be the O-line. But what do you think the strength of this team going into 2019 and going into the game against Florida? Uh, well, I, I mean, defensively, it'll be the linebackers. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. And the defensive ends, you know, I mean, the defensive ends would probably even go above the linebackers, even with all the experience those guys have, just because you know, I, I think, you know, with Garvin and Russo, you've got two potentially elite guys and and Patchen's playing very well as as a backup and um you've got Hill coming in from Virginia Tech in in, in the fall yeah. if he comes in in shape uh, he's a pretty good player um okay so yeah you've got a lot of depth at defensive ends i would probably say that would be one and 1a would be the starting linebackers on defense offensively 
Um, I think offensively, it's a little tough to separate. Um, I, you know, clearly when when Brevin Jordan's healthy, the tight ends are. If you take uh, Jordan and Mallory, um, the, you know that's uh, that's two pretty darn good tight ends, no doubt about it. And uh, so I mean, I'd have to point at those guys. Um, I, I think the the running backs are practicing very well right now, but I'm not sure one of them's elite. I, I think they're both very good. I'm not sure that one of them is elite. So um, I think these two tight ends are elite. So I think I would put the tight ends ahead of, ahead of the running backs. Um, there's a couple of the receivers that I think are, are, are doing pretty well. Um, I, I really like what I see of Osborne. Uh, very steady, catches the football, runs mm-hmm. very good routes. You can just tell that he's an older football player, a guy that's played a lot of college football. He stood out from day one, but I'm not sure that I could take the receiver spot as a whole and put it ahead of the, ahead of the tight end position because of those two guys that I think are elite. So uh, quarterbacks are still a work in progress. We've talked about the O-line. So yeah. offensively, yeah. Uh, I would have to pick out the tight end position. Uh, okay. Um, and speaking of receiver, how has Mark Pope looked in spring ball? Much because better. Because I know there were rumors of him transferring. Nah, he's not going to transfer. He's 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 doing great. He, he he's uh, much more involved, way more involved, massively more involved right now than he ever was last year. Uh, I think he's responding to the offense. He's responding to the coaching, um, responding to maybe a little bit better conceived passing game. I would say. And uh, okay. he's looked pretty. He's looked pretty good this spring. And uh, you know, time will tell what kind of role he can carve out for himself. Uh, you know, obviously Jeff Thomas yeah. is gonna gonna be heavily involved there. I think Osborne's gonna be yeah. heavily involved. And from there, you got a bunch of guys that are gonna be competing for playing time. Harley's out right now, also. So you know, we don't really know. Wiggins has looked decent this spring so there's gonna be a lot of competition at that position and we can't really I don't think predict what Pope's gonna do when the lights go on in 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 August 24th but uh right now in spring he's I think he's taking very good forward steps okay and have you noticed the difference uh remaining focused on the receivers like between the coaching of Stubblefield and Dugans like or the coaching staff as a whole you know uh, not really. I wouldn't say a ma- I've noticed a massive difference. I, you know, I, I, I know some people are down on Dugans a little bit because of the way those guys, you know, a lot of them are kind of underachieved a little bit last year. Um, but I always had the feeling that Dugans was a decent coach. You know, I never felt that he was not a good coach. Uh, so I'm not going to you know, come on here and say, oh, God, you know, Stubblefield's, you know, way better than Dugans or anything like that. But, you know, Stubbs looks like he's doing a, a decent workmanlike job out there. Um, I was encouraged at today's practice because they were catching the football better than I've seen them catch it all spring. Uh, You know, I don't know what was going on the first few weeks of practice. There were so many drop balls out there Uh, today. They were, they were, they were catching the ball really, really well. And I know he's been working a lot with these kids on hand placement, things like that. Uh, A lot of extra work on the jugs machines after practice, catching footballs and, and getting a lot of reps in, um, in that vein. And it's really, to me today at practice was really starting to show. Yeah. Uh, I was encouraged that the way those kids were catching the football and uh, it looked like they're making some progress there. Uh, okay. And, and obviously um, and uh, sticking with the coaching, uh, do you think Barry's an upgrade? Because I know. Yes. Was, 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, the more that we talked to some of the kids from last year and some that are still here, yeah. some that aren't, uh, about mm-hmm. the situation at O-line last year and what was going on at that position and in that room and the way that the kids mm-hmm. felt about Stacey Searles, uh, I think anybody would have been a step forward here this year. But uh, Coach Barry looks like he's doing a decent job. Uh, he's got a huge, huge, huge uh, task ahead of him to pull these guys together into a two-deep unit for the in time for the season uh let's not kid yeah. ourselves it's it, you know we talked about it with everything 305 a few minutes ago uh yeah. it's definitely a position that needs still needs a lot of work but you know they they seem to be taking baby steps i mean the, the just the fact that you're seeing a guy like herbert for example who was no place that they could slide him in there the other day at the scrimmage and, and have him play first team right tackle, I, I thought was an absolute miracle. Now, you know, they're hit by injuries and, and they don't really have the biggest problem they have, Adam, is they don't have true tackles. Yeah. Okay. And and they're gonna throw Delone Scaife out there at left tackle most likely. He's a guard, man. He's a guard. He's not a left tackle. And uh they're gonna be forced to play him at left tackle, which is, you know, gonna be a stopgap measure that they have to take. But you know, then he's going to be a junior already. And and by the time they get around to having tackles in the program and maybe moving him back to guard where he belongs, he's going to be ready to leave. And and that's the problem yeah. right now that they have in this program. They they just they have to step up the recruiting at the line of scrimmage, um, at the defensive tackle position and at the offensive line position. And until they do that and start getting some some creatures in here yeah. that you know, that fit the positions they're being put at. And it's, it's not just a, 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 a musical chair scramble all the time. It's going to be really hard to make progress because by the time guys get good and are ready to play, they're leaving. And we've been watching this for years with guys like Casey yeah. McDermott who bounced around and played way too early. By the time he was getting decent, he was out of here, you know? So, yeah. you know, Tyler got the air is another example. I mean, how would you, wouldn't you love that Tyler Gauthier back this year as your center? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's just uh, a vicious what, circle right now. Um, and you touched on it for, um, and this will be my last question. Um, in terms of recruiting, um, a, I know we're going to get back with, um, Dennis. Um, I don't know how, but who are do we have committed on the O-line as of now, or do we have any O-line commitment? I've sort of been in and out because it's early, so I like fully expect like a lot of the commits all over the country. Uh, you've got Antonio Smith, who's a three-star. Uh, he's committed right now, but that's really uh, that's really it. And uh, a lot of work ahead there, Adam. Yeah. You know, a lot of work, a lot yeah. of work ahead. And, uh, you know, Dennis is, Dennis is a decent player, but I don't think it all starts and ends with Dennis. I mean, they're going to have to be able to go outside of South Florida and find some elite linemen to come play football at Miami. Uh, and they got, and they got to get tackles. They got They every, all the young guys in the program right now are all guards. Um, what about, is Isaiah Walker a tackle or is he also a guard? Uh, he he's projecting, I think, as a tackle right now, probably a right tackle um, maybe. 
And do you think how strong? Is and they have a decent shot there. They have a, they, they have a decent shot that they're going to get him. Yeah. But again, okay. he's a South Florida lineman. He's an, he's a he's a good get, a decent get. But but they need to shoot higher. They need to go and and get into the battle for some big time dudes. Okay. Um. Do you see anybody who like we should be on alert who's on watch for a while? I thought it would be Al Blades' cousin. That then that sort of faded by the wayside. Do you see anybody who's going to be part of Storm Twenty or whatever it's called? Who's an imminent commit? Yeah. Um, I mean, you never know when Mark, a kid like Mark Britt, might jump on board. Um, you know, I, I'll throw him out there. Yeah. Uh, potentially. I'm uh, really looking hard at Penn State. He's looking. He's looking that. at other pla- at other places, but it wouldn't yeah. shock me if at some point, you know, they were able to to, to work with him and get get him to commit. Um, what I'm trying about, to think. Uh, I mean, guards? I mean, Walker is one that wouldn't be a surprise if he was the next commit. Um, but yeah, be, beyond about, that. Um, what about Lingard's cousin, who's I think committed to Oregon, because. Going from Florida to Oregon is not. Yeah, that's going. That, uh, you're talking about Avante Williams, right? Yeah, that that's going to yeah. go. That's going to go all the way to the to the wire. That's not. Yeah, that. I don't think anything's imminent there. Uh, I don't get the impression so, that the coaches are in any great rush. To you know, I, I think that they, you know, they, they're recruiting these guys, but I think they also want to go out and do their work in May. You know, and 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 take that time to really get out there and, and and try to you know get on some dudes. You know, so we'll see. So it's not like the golden era or even the early brick era where you had you like grab, a bunch of grab bag commits. grab bag commits. Uh, no, it, yeah. it it isn't, and uh, I I think that's a good thing. I I think that sometimes you know you can go too fast. I mean, if you look at the the guys they have committed right now. Uh, you know, yeah. Brian Robinson is mm-hmm. is a very good receiver who, you know, they may they may struggle to keep him. Uh, you know, I don't know if he'll stick, in, in, you know, in the big picture. We'll see. Um, but, you know, he's worthy of, of a commitment now. Uh, Mamorelli is going to be one of the best, better tight end recruits in the country. Uh, so he's worthy. Don Chaney as a running back is definitely worthy. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Francois. And Keyshawn Washington, the the the, the South Dade uh, DBs, yeah. um, I I think you know are guys that that are you know well enough regarded to take. Kid, um, Marcus Fleming. Kid out of Louisiana, there was a DB commit I think we have out of Louisiana. Yeah, Darren Branch. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know if he'll if he'll you know pass the last test. Uh, but Marcus Fleming is a nice little speedy receiver. Yeah. Um, Sam Anelli is a, a big athletic kid. Uh, Trayvon Riggins, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Willie Mo- Moyes is a, is, a, is a good big to work with. Uh, you know, I, I, I think so. My point is that the guys that are on the commitment list right now, I think, are all decent takes. They're all, you, you know, you got, set, uh, I guess about, it's uh, eight, nine, four stars mm-hmm. that are there. You know, that's a good base for this class and that's why the ranking is so high but but I, I do think that they need to elevate recruiting 
and they need to get in the mix for more big-time dudes out there. And I like the fact that they're not rushing to fill the class here, uh, you know, eight months before signing day. Okay. Um, and speaking of commitments, you don't know anything about this basketball player who committed today, this I do. class of 19. I do. He's he's a he's a I think he was weighing his options, but he's he's ranked, I think, 59th in the country. I mean, he, he, if you watch his tape, he's a damn good player. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think I think he's a really good pickup. Uh, and you put him with the other guys that are that are in the class, and they've got a couple transfers that they're working on. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they have a chance to bring this program back relatively quickly here um, with all these scholarships they have this year. Uh, okay. So it won't be like um, last year's aberration. I know, no, not at all. Anthony I don't, I don't Born. think so. Well, I don't, I don't think it will be at all. Call. All right, Adam. That's good. Thanks well, for thanks calling in as call. always. Have a good show. We'll talk okay. to you next time. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three is the number five six three nine 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 three six three three. We're talking spring football. Here this evening, and um, you know, the, the, I'm always hesitant to to have these spring shows because I think people aren't really used to Kane Sport Live at this time of year and 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 all. But uh, I figured with so much to talk about here that uh, this time around it it, it would be a, a, a good idea. And, and you're seeing just from the first few calls of the night that uh, there's some really topical things to t- to talk about. And uh, let me also start to attack the uh, the list of questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. A lot of really good ones. Uh, so I want to um, phase a couple of them in right now. Is DJ Ivy the second best cornerback on this team? Uh, I would say I, that that yeah, I, I think he is. Uh, you know, I've I've seen him make really really good strides this spring, and he seems to be getting better every week. Uh, I like him in coverage better than Al Blades at the present time. Uh, he's, he's long, um, athletic. He, he runs better than he was believed to have um, been able to run when he was signed as a recruit. A lot of the things that you heard from people was, oh, boy, you know, DJ, he may, he may not quite be fast enough. Um, at least with the receivers on this roster now, he's fast enough. And I'm going to say that as a qualifier because I'm not sure that speed – isn't an issue uh, at that position once you get past Jeff Thomas. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be anxious to see how things go in this new offense. But uh, at least with what he's facing on the practice field right now, uh, DJ Ivy to me, I would have to say is the second best cornerback on the team without question. Uh, let's see. Next, uh, next question. Uh, can we grade the improvement? in Perry and Williams versus where they were last spring. Wow. If you're grading improvement, you got to give it an A. I, I, I don't think there's any other grade you can give it. Uh, there is no comparison in any way, any way, with Nikozi Perry and Jaron Williams to what we were seeing from them last spring. Immature, couldn't stay out of trouble, goofing around, I mean, my lasting vision of Nikozi Perry was him coming out to warm up for a game and running out and dancing at midfield with Mike Harley. Um, now, what you see is business. 
okay? You see guys that are focused, that have been challenged to be leaders on this team. They've been challenged to be guys that know the playbook backwards, forwards, sideways, when some of their teammates might not yet. And I think we see that. I don't see quarterbacks making mental errors or things like that. I see receivers sometimes not lining up right and or getting their routes wrong or things like that. The quarterbacks seem to know what's going on all the time. And um, like I said, displaying more maturity, more poise. They're throwing the football better, more accurately. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and proclaim the Cozy Perry or Jaron Williams a future first-round draft pick right now. Uh, that would be kind of silly. But if you're asking about improvement and putting a grade on that improvement, then I think you got you have to say that that grade would be an A. Uh, and uh, we'll see how they do on Saturday in Orlando. But uh, I would definitely uh, give them an A for improving from one spring to the next. All right, let's go back to the phones, 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. we got a lot of room in the queue. Got a few more calls here that are on deck to, to get to, but um, we do have plenty of room to, for people to call in tonight. Even if you're not a regular on the show, don't be bashful. It would be great to get a few first-time calls tonight, and uh, we'll keep the show going as long as you guys have stuff you want to talk about. So let's go now to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. <laughs> What's up, Mr. Ross? How you been, man? What's going on, man? Hey, I didn't even know you was going to get me up this early, man. But, hey. Hey, man. You have me I, on. You have me on. I, let me, let I me plug, on. I plug, let I me plug them on as they come, man. And you got in early, let so you're me, on early. Because you know what? I actually didn't realize you was going to come on. You kind of caught me off guard. I was 10 minutes late. So, hey, man, I hope everybody else jump on, too. Listen, um, allow me to um challenge a few things, man, because um, I didn't want you guys to come on. I didn't want you to come on and start cheering and, and feeling great about everything. But I, I don't know if I wanted your first call to be from a guy who's saying that he thinks that he sees improvement in, in, in practice, but is it's telling us as fans that he sees a 7-5 and five team. And in fairness to him, Ross, and, and I know you guys like don't necessarily him, like each other very up. much. But, get him up. If you, but, get him up. Maybe maybe we'll do that. But in fairness to him, in all seriousness, he was saying the same thing last year, and he ended up being right. Okay? No, and stop. Yeah, but listen, Gary, there's so many things listen, we can talk about. I'm shocked you got me on so early. Wait a minute. Did you hear the interview? Did you have you? I'm sure you – did you hear the interview that um that um Rozier had with – um. Yeah, and, I did. Uh, I did, but I don't. Yeah, I but uh, but I don't. Put a, I don't. I don't put a lot of stock in in bitter former players. That kid, has no, that kid has no need to be bitter because that guy gave him everything. He gave. He threw everything his way. He gave him. He did whatever he wanted to do. He was. He was his quarterback. The kid is telling the truth, Gary. Let's be very clear here. All right, but why would? Gary, and he is. And he is telling the truth, Ross. But why would? Malik Rozier be a Mark Rick fan after what Mark Rick did to him last year. Come on. 
Yeah, but okay, but listen, and and but why you know and and why why and you don't see us doing it. Why why would he be a credible well, source you know to talk why? about Mark you know Rick? What do you mean? Come on. Had, you just said first of all, you just say he's telling the truth, and now you're saying why would he be? A Mark Rick source? totally I'm, screwed that kid last year and totally jerked him around the whole season. Come on. Okay, but let's but but but, but listen to this. Remember, he gave him anything too, and he defended him in that ten and zero. And that ten and zero um, run we had, and all the other thing. What basically what he what he uncovered, Gary. Let's let's not hide behind the truth. What he uncovered is this guy became unfit after a while, and started hiding hiding behind his son, and going off and doing some nonsense. So we're not going to revisit that. I'm going to get back to Mister um, Three Hundred Five, and the reason why I'm saying that let's be it was a different regime, and I do we do have struggles in in the offensive line. I do agree with that, but this, this guy, come on. Your first quarter, and you kind of co-sign. I know you hate when I say that, but you kind of co-sign seven and five. Let me explain something. I need you to get. I, I would, if I had to make a prediction right th- right now, and I usually do this before the season starts. My prediction today would you be said, eight and four. I would say eight now and four you, right now. Well, before you just said they need to go nine. No, I did not say seven and five. He said seven and five. Mine would know, be eight said, and four. You said nine early. Okay, wait. I'm going to challenge you too. Yeah, okay. but uh, yeah, I said nine before the start of spring. After 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 three weeks, I would. You said it a couple of minutes. I, ago. I would you probably say eight, eight right now. No, I I would have said nine based on the schedule alone before spring practice okay. began. Here's my question to you and him. Here's my question to you first, I guess, because you're on now. Kindly, to watch the show, you don't got to give it to me now, no pressure. Give me those four losses, Gary. Come on, give me a break. Give me those. Obviously, we could lose that first game easy. I understand how that works. But we could also win it, too. So now, can you can you give me those? And I'm going to challenge I want you to bring him back up. I need him to give us the five losses that we're going to have. Is this guy kidding me, man? And then here's right, another well, double talk. All right, hold on. Here's another double talk. Hold on, hold on, Ross. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. Everything, you there? Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Ross? How are you doing? Get, well, sorry, give Ross a, tell Ross on? the five games you think are going to be defeats next year. Well, I, I'm going to be very, very specific with you. Uh, we're going to get our ass kicked up in Orlando. That's going to be the first thing that's going to happen. Based on what I've seen for three weeks now. Now, Ross, you're not here yet. You live up north. You haven't had the opportunity that I've had, and I've been very blessed. How do you know? How do you know I haven't been down there? Time out. How do you know I haven't been down there? But you've mentioned you live in New Jersey, so that's but so I'm what? So. Let me tell you something. I just got back from. Wait a minute. I just got back from Chicago. Wait a minute. Time out. Go ahead. I'll let you talk. You got the floor. Here's the explanation because you take everything personal. The explanation is simple. From what I've seen for three weeks now, you you have so much. To make up with with experience and leadership, the heart and soul of this defense is gone. Those five kids on the back end are gone. The kids that play linebacker, unfortunately, you can't even play all three at the same time. So we've gone to the hybrid. We didn't play all three at the same time last year, but go ahead. Uh, no, you can't. You can't. And and and, and we sometimes didn't. we did. We didn't last year. Oh, sometimes Wait. we did. Sometimes first, we did. The Ross. first down. Not first a lot, down. though. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. The first down. We did. Okay. And we tried and we gave the first series touchdowns to Toledo, et cetera, et cetera. I can break it down. I, I mean, but anyway, just to interrupt you guys for one is, second, I personally would love to see them redshirt Zach McLeod <laughs> because he's going to have come so and gone I. here. Yeah, without, you can't do that. You know why we're so thin. We're well, because so you, no, you have nobody else behind them. I agree. But I'm just saying Zach McLeod would have a lot more value to this team in 2020 
than he's going to have in 2019. But go ahead, keep going. And then and then you're hurting his well, draft stack. And you're, you're hurting his draft status because they they don't like the draft too old at that position. But go ahead, go ahead, Mister uh, okay. All right. So basically, what you have there is a lack of experience on the back end, and we know if the front end is not dominant, which I can say it right now, we're 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 so far behind where we were at this stage last year in spring practice with the front end. Regardless of who comes in as a transfer, you know that's always the major transition. What I'm seeing is we're going to have, at best, an average defense at best in this conference. And in this conference, that means you're going to give up a lot of points. That's a shame, that man. But now, go ahead. Look at the converse. Look at the converse. The converse of that is when you're giving up a lot of points, that means your offense has to do something. And you go back to the same denominator that dominates all footballs at all levels. If the guys up front cannot sustain a, a running game, which we can't. The guys up front cannot protect the quarterback. So what you're doing is you've got to rely on your special team. So the reason why I give five losses, the first, the first game we're not going to be ready. Too many new pieces to the puzzle, too, many, too much inexperience, a big stage, the first game of the year, it's going to blow up. When I look at our conference, I don't feel comfortable going to Florida State this year. And you might tell me, man, they, they lost all those games last year. Believe it or not, that guy on offense has enough pieces with experience to get to an opportunity to dominate the line of scrimmage. And I need that. I mean, there's mm-hmm. way too go much. To the next, go to the next one. Ross, let him finish. Let him finish. Oh, so when time, I look at that, there's the two You got time. You got time. Let him finish. Be... You asked him a question. Let him finish. What happens ahead, three. As, the, as the season goes by, you know, you, those, that little thing called injuries comes into play. And now you're playing more younger kids. That's what I'm forecasting. Now I'm forecasting we have a new offense and a new defense to get ready for in Georgia Tech. Okay, yeah, they got to get ready for our new offense too. But, again, they are better up front offensively. That offensive line is better than our offensive what? line. Even with the trans- – I'm just telling you what's there, dude. Okay. They're better right now than we are. And I, listen, I can tell you because it's a friend of mine who is a scout who spent two days up there. I'm just telling you what I know. It's not. I'm not trying to. I want. Do you think I want to be seven and five, brother? I want to be thirteen and get another ring. Just finish up, finish up, finish up, finish up. It's where we're at right now. The depth is not where it needs to be. Combined depth, inexperience, injuries, and transition at the top. Yeah, it, you're, we're going to struggle. Eight and four to me is a struggle. I don't know if you take eight and four, but I don't take eight and four. Seven and five is a struggle. I mean, that's what I see. That's my explanation. But now, that's three. I need you to this. get to two more. I need you to get to two more. That's three. If everybody's listening, you know that they know that's three. So I need two more. Give me the two others. Well, but, well, well basically what you're going to have is two rough games on the road in, in conference, in the coast, somewhere you're going to struggle. Might be at Pitt. At uh, Pitt will be a tough know. game. Virginia at home is going to be a tough game, no doubt. We don't really yeah, know much yet about games that you don't know what they're. If these guys are going to, have Ross, I'm not, not trying good. to say that they're. Good. I'm just telling you where the tough games there's are. No gimmies. Like, there's no gimmies, Ross. There's no gimmies. There are some gimmies. There are. There's a few gimmies. FIU, <laughs> Bethune, FIU? Central Michigan, FIU should be a gimme. Louisville <laughs> at home should be a gimme. Louisville at home should be a gimme. But hey, you know, I think uh, Virginia at home five. is going to be tough. At Pitt is going to be tough. At Florida State's going to be tough. Virginia at home is Florida, going to be tough. Dude, you yeah, lost to them last year, Ross. Ross. And that guy's a hell of a coach. Ross, come on, man. Give him some credit. 
The guy's a hell of a coach, Bronco. Look how many guys they lost. You know what I do? You know what I do? Maybe you guys don't do it. You know what I do? No doubt. You know what? You know what I do? I go on every. I go on each one of those guys' site also, and I also watch their videos. I watch their YouTube the same way I watch my own YouTube of my team. And the way you guys are talking, you make it seem like they have everybody coming back. So now you have the floor. It's time for me to have the floor. Okay, Virginia. Russ, Russ last hey. last year, Duke coming into Miami, you would have called that a gimme. <laughs> Okay. Right? Now, again, again, you know what you didn't do? Gary, you know what you didn't do yet, though? You know what you didn't do yet? You did not even – I haven't given you a chance, or anybody else on this that's probably on here, have given you a chance to really talk about the nonsense that was going on and the fact that we – you heard Manny said it himself, and you guys can stand up here and, and don't admit it if you want. Manny really has been going after Mark Rick verbally. He's been attacking him verbally in his own little way and basically what he's telling everyone that this guy even though he liked the fact that he bought him home and he's not the head coach or he owes him everything he was a, he was doing buffoon job he was he was not even Rob. running the team properly so don't give me the whole say, don't, stop bringing up last, wait, stop bringing up stop bringing up last year stop bringing up last year because last year is a false this guy basically stole money last year and his son was stealing money so stop bringing up last year and talking about that's hey, why that's why hey, Mary had these wrong. guys running that's wrong because that guy didn't have to walk away from all that money and he did that Man, guy's a real it, did a terrible job last year did a terrible job no argument away. i don't think from anybody that's what we're talking about. We're talking about him. We're not talking about a stand-up guy. There's, there's 90,000 stand-up no, guys no, in this world. He stole money. He stole money. He, he did. He didn't steal no goddamn money. He didn't steal money. He did a terrible he job. Didn't he, steal didn't steal he, didn't, he didn't steal money. But he just did a bad job. He did a bad job. He ain't steal nothing. In terms of his performance. Wait, guys. In terms of in terms of his performance and the way he was allowing this organization to be run, and, and who he had a guy, it, check this out, guys. He had a guy, a kid that was his son. He's the only offensive guy that Manny fired. They have not picked up a job yet. Well, let, let, let me tell you guys this: when you watch practice and, and everything, you said you've been out there a few times. There is yes, no comparison to way no, the offensive side is practicing this year. And the way they practiced the last couple of years, there is no comparison. So how, so how can you guys predict? Well, the, the biggest I'm, thing that there is, Gary, is there's a sense of urgency because there's competition. Even that there's not much depth, there's still competition. And if you ever listen to Enos's feedback, even in drills, they're extremely specific, they're direct, and then it's over with. You go on to the next kid, the next play. We don't sit and baby a kid for five minutes like like Junior used to do. To tell the kid, go through your progression, have your balance. There's none of that bullshit. It's get it done or get the fuck out the way. And that's how football is done every day in 32 cities at the professional level and pretty much every place else in the country that has a winning organization. Everything, that's how you do it. everything, everything. You so, if, I want you to go back and listen to this because you're double-talking now. Because here's the thing. You just said that he did a he, – did, he didn't steal money. He didn't, he didn't mistreat his team last year. No. He's a bad okay, teacher. Okay, so – in in, 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 in in football terms, in football terms, he's a godly man. But in football terms, that's stealing money. That's putting a, a, a right. shine. Stealing money, Gary, Ross, stealing money is not a fair term. He didn't steal money. And he, and he was very honorable. Right. He, he knew he had lost it, and he left. And he did the program a huge favor he, in doing so. Okay. So he wait, wait, Ross, 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 slow down, Ross. Okay, so listen, you got to give him credit. For for that, okay, and and, for and he didn't steal. For he what? he did a horrible job. 
He did not steal money. And I'm going to throw one other thing out at you. He's taken way too much of the blame for the failings last year. And and it, it sells well, but there needs to be more across-the-board accountability, in my opinion, for what happened last year. This was not all Mark Rick's fault. He's an easy target. He's not even. He's an easy target. Yes, it was the worst head coaching year I have ever seen in my 40 years at Miami. Okay, it was horrendous, Ross. But if you think that he is the the sole blame for everything that went wrong last year, I would disagree with that. Who, who does the buck yeah, stop I, with? Well, the buck might stop with him, Ross, but I'm going to tell you something. The great Manny Diaz that we, we're all excited about, the new Miami, okay? And he's pointing, like you said, he's taking the passive-aggressive shots that Mark Rick here and there. But I was there last two weeks ago, and he was shaking his hand like good old boy, like friends, like, like a mentor. And Manny's not saying, you know what, Mark? I fucked up because I was in the wrong coverage twice against Virginia. He's not bringing that part in the fourth quarter. He's not bringing up, hey, you know what? I screwed up against Georgia Tech because I didn't have the right personnel in there. He's not pointing at LSU. LSU LSU putting Bradley Jennings on the field by himself in the second quarter? Give me a break. Are you guys done? done? But while you say that, which is probably true, every game in every arena, that happens to in every game. But guess what they did after the season? But wait, well, let's how about finish. how yeah. about the Wisconsin Gary. game, Ross? Okay, was Gary, that a, that was all I, Mark Rick's Gary, fault? Gary, can I get it? Can I get in here now? Make my point. Can I get in? The the Virginia game, the Boston there? College games, when we couldn't get off the field in the fourth quarter okay. and get the offense another win. chance. That was a team debacle last year. It was a team T E A M debacle. Okay, it wasn't all it wasn't all one guy's fault. But wait, time out, Ross. Are you done with everything? Have you gotten your satisfactory answer on the five games? Me? No. Yeah. Did you get? No, no. I want to let him finish. Did you get the the the? Did are you satisfied with with his his um explanation for why he thinks he never gave me the other two teams. He never gave me the other two teams. Like everything. Do you have two more teams? They'll be in the Coastal, Ross. I'll, I'll narrow it down to you. We will lose two Coastal games next year, plus probably a game against FSU. Those three losses in the ACC right there. Okay? Uh, I mean, I, I can't say exactly who. Well, and, and, and then if you add the Florida game, that's four losses. So it's an eight and four, not yeah. seven and five. And if, so and somebody if comes it, on here. When someone comes on here and they give you – and they give you a 10 and 2, it's, it's the same thing that you're doing about Rump, okay? Here's, here's what you, you came on. You was talking to Gary. I'm listening to everything. And you said, yo, we have to get five stars no matter what position. We have to get five-star players. Then you have this not rah, 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 nice talk with um, Mr. Rump, which I like him. He's a coach. Very impressive, Ross. Very Let impressive. me finish. And, I, and I point that out. Great guy. God. Great guy. We heard you. But now you're telling me, you and Gary started this whole thing about saying, well, He's a great coach, which I agree. But, it, you know, he said, he, you asked him a question. He says, yeah, you know what? I want guys that's going to be able to play for me and play for Miami. And if they don't happen to be the five-star, that's great. We all know Miami players don't have to well, be five-star. We didn't talk about five-star. I never said five-star. Of course you said, didn't. But what, that's what I'm saying. So don't, don't come on here. But not in particular. Well, don't come on, don't come on the station there and then say you didn't. You, you should have attacked him on that because that was your whole thing about And now you're saying that I you agree with him saying yeah, I but, you that that just, but you're making it. I but you made it okay. Player. But you told him it was okay to take that three-star player, though. You didn't tell him it's not okay. But then you tell Gary, we need. You're double talking, my man. You are double talking with everything. Stop double talking. No, I'll explain it to you. What you need is 
to get top, like I said, every other year, every year you got to get a couple of five stars in, and then you get all those kids that are the tweener kids, the kids that are developing late, the kids that quite haven't been coached well, but the tally like the kids from from Western High School, who I think is a tremendous athlete, they'll be a great quarterback one day. But you know they're not there yet. They're behind the other kids. But the potential's there. So if you get a couple of five stars, and then the primarily the rest of your group are a bunch of kids that are hungry, that have that, then you can have a nice. Balance. I agree with you, you, but don't, balance. don't, don't. I agree with everything. You you Here, here's what this team is missing right now, guys. Guys, here's what this this team is missing: one elite dude at every position. Absolutely. Well, Gary, don't let Gary, don't let him open the hook because Dude. you're having a conversation with him. The steam no, no, but I'm just telling you that that that's what this program is missing right now. One elite dude at every position. I agree, but what I'm what I'm trying to what I'm trying to tell us everything is that while you had him on while you had him on the hook, you shouldn't have let him down. You shouldn't have let him get off the hook by saying I'm going to take a player that wants to be here, which is going to be that three star, which is going to be that three star every time, and not the five star. We all not know that's why he can't. True. Okay. We don't know the reason why he can't recruit all the five stars. And you know one of the reasons I'm glad that um um I'm glad Manny didn't let him go and you guys could disagree if you want. One of the reasons I'm glad they didn't let him go because he he, he would have bounced right back into that seven on seven thing and he have a major influence that goes on in that. So now stop telling me I don't go to South Florida because I do. Okay? All right. I know all, all right, the guys. Like I think you guys have major points. Uh Gary, can I make Ross, one I before I go before, Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to let everything go because he's had a lot of air time okay. here tonight. Um, I All hope right. he gave yeah, you a – everything okay. we'll, you know, we'll talk to you a little later. I hope he gave you a sufficient remember. explanation, and go ahead, make your last point. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing on all of that. While, while we're saying all of those things, i still going to live on the premises that last year was run like a bunch of jackasses, okay, because we didn't do what we need to do. And I want to go make this last point. You guys are saying – he, while Manny was making all these defensive errors, was shot was in every game in America. I had no confidence in you. Had no confidence. Mr. Everything had no confidence. When that offense got on the on the field, they was going to score anyway. So he could have made sixteen thousand errors. We was not going to score anyway because we couldn't score. And who's responsible for that? So that's the point I was trying to make. So I don't care what Manny – it was plenty of time Manny was waiting for him to do something, and he was trying to hang on, and he couldn't no, hang what, on anymore. What, so what I was – Ross, nobody's attacking anybody. What I was saying is that this was not the, – the, the, whole, the whole thing was not 100% Mark Rick's fault, okay? That there was it, a lot it, of team – that was a team effort last year, okay? And it was, it was horrible. And it, it, it plays well. Mark Rick's gone. He retired. He's an easy target, okay? But why do you, why do you my feeling is that for this, for this program to turn, to turn the corner by August and do better this year, that there needs to be accountability across the board, and they need to be better everywhere. This is not just Danny Enos walking. walking in here and performing miracles, okay? They have to be better across the board. That's what I'm saying. And I think they will. But listen, why do you think we didn't get recruit last year? Because of the defense or the offense? What do you think why we, we couldn't get some of the guys that we wanted? Because, because of the defense, which is ranked number seven. Don't tell me numbers are numbers. They still was ranked number two and sometimes one in the country. Why do you think we lose out on recruit? Because of the defense or the offense, Gary? I'm waiting. If you had to say one more than the other, I would say the offense. But 
Okay. Like, so but like I just, that's, that's but I like I just said, I don't look at it as being a one-sided thing. They, I felt like that was a team debacle yeah. last year. Yeah. All right, Ross, yeah, let I me let some it. other people talk, man. But listen, Harvin um, Bellamy is a big-time player. But listen, I'm never going to let this guy get on and kill my team. I'm too much of a diehard to believe that. No, I guarantee the rest of the callers, is, most of them are not going to believe in that. Mr. Everything, good try, but you ain't getting it with me. Not at all. I'm out. I mean, he, he does tend to be negative sometimes, Ross, you know, no argument. But um, he's also a guy that he at least he says he spent a lot of years in coaching. I think when he goes out there and and watches games and stuff, he's doing it with a critical eye that maybe the, the typical fan isn't. And um, I, I think that when the team's not doing well, that comes across as he's being really negative. And he is, but he's also being really honest. Like the offensive line, he spent five minutes tonight talking about the concerns he had watching the offensive line, and he's not wrong. I mean, the offensive line is a big concern. Uh, so, you know, I far from personally agree with everything he says. Uh, he and I go at it as well, both on the boards and 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 elsewhere. Um, I do think he likes to push buttons. I do think that he sometimes gets a little overly negative. There's no doubt about it. But I also think he makes a lot of good points, and uh, you got to give him credit. He, long before all those games were lost last year, um, he was putting up the warning signals about it. So you know he he he, he wasn't wrong. All right. Five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three is the the number. You hit the one on your keyboard if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the nine five four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Uh, hello, Gary. Who's this? Hello. Are you with us or no? Oh, wait a minute, I gotta hit the go ahead. Who's this? Um, this is Black Ken. How you doing, Gary? Doing great, doing great. What you got for us tonight? Um, talk talk into your phone that? so we can hear you. Okay. I'm a diehard hurricane fan. And everybody's not on the same page when it comes to being a diehard hurricane fan. I'm gonna give you an example. The guy everything three oh five. I coach Little League. I coach high school. Each season goes stand on his own. For you to say that D-line is not that good when Rosso, the D-ends that we're getting, they're elite. Nesta. Right. So Nesta, we don't know yet. Line, Nesta, Nesta, we don't know yet. That, but but, but Russo and, Nesta, and, and John Garvin are elite. There's no doubt about it. They're very well, or, okay. or they should be elite. Okay, and our offensive line—they're going against that. This is not what Mark Root was doing: one versus threes, uh, three versus ones. I'm talking—it was just that. Could they get better? You know, Florida lost a lot of players. They lost a lot of players. This probably is, to me, the easiest Florida team to beat. Since we played them, well, we're going to see. We're going to find out. And 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 also, the offense was just man. That was hard. To, that was hard to watch, Gary, last year. I'm, I'm yeah, it, it I, I is understand. so much better right now. I mean, you watch. I'm telling right. you, 
if, when you when I when we watch practice, I am just amazed at how much better it is. And, and I know you're excited. You get to see it firsthand. I, you know, yeah. I don't know. Well, you, you, you know, you I'm excited just well, just seeing what looks like a professional operation. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, you, you, you got a, you got an offensive coordinator out there that like clearly knows what the heck he's doing. I mean, he's he's coaching his butt off out there every single day. I, I mean, honestly, I think I think they they got to go with Perry. He, you know, he's played in games. I know you kind of like, you know, don't think he's, but the guy. No, I don't. I don't have an opinion the, yet on this year. I had that opinion last year. I didn't think he was close to ready to go out there, and he wasn't. Right, right. I, I think if if he if he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, go with Jaron. But against, you're talking about he's from Vanguard, so that's kind of like the Orlando area. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be so hyped up for that game to go home. And play against Florida, you know, if, if that's not more of a reason to be in the in the playbook all freaking summer, you know. But the Tate the Tate Martell thing, I feel so bad for the kid because of the, it was so much hype. Yeah. So much hype. It, it was too too like much this. hype. Way too much hype. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just too. It was too much. Too much, and and honestly, I think he should have registered this year. I don't know if he could have. He can, but just this. Oh, he oh he can. Yeah, he absolutely can if they if they decide to 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 do that. I was just just to get acclimated to man. South Florida can eat you up. Planned here, you see, you know, we fly planes and everything else. Miami is a little beast when it comes to football. That's really all they got. The Dolphins aren't good. You know the heat is it is what it is with the heat, but I let the other callers on, on come on. But I just, Gary, I appreciate what you're doing. I just feel like this year is a different year. Let's just see, you know, because we don't know what Florida's gonna do, and, and what happens if we beat Florida? Do do we go to ten and zero? Do you say we go ten and zero just because we beat Florida? Huh? You there? Sorry about that. Uh, you hiccuped on me for a minute. What did you say it again? I said if we go to Orlando on the 24th and beat Florida, do does that just change everything you thought about? I don't think anything. I, I don't think anything yet. I don't. I don't form. <laughs> no, no. I, I, it may have sounded like that in, the, in those little debates we were having. But right, I don't right. formulate opinions in in April. <laughs> like I, okay. I, I, understand I understand that that, understand that, that what we see on right now out there is not even close to what we're going right. to see in August. So I right. don't, you know, I'm, I have some concerns. I mean, you know, when I when I walk out there and I see that Tommy Kennedy is a major work in progress when he was counted on right. to be one of the top six or seven. I mean, I'm a little concerned when I well, see Navon Donaldson. When I, when I see Navon Donaldson having to be put at center, uh, you know, uh-huh. because there's, you know, I'm a little concerned. When I realize that there's nobody on the roster that really has the skill set to play offensive tackle at a high level in major college football, I'm a little concerned. When I go out and I see the quarterback that was hyped up to come in here and be the savior of the program. 
uh, right. spraying balls all over the practice field and, and, and to the point where you're, you're like, oh, my God. Um, right. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned. You know, when I, I see all I, the injur- when I see all the injuries, I'm concerned. When I see the secondary not getting uh, enough good good quality looks because of all the other issues, uh, a young secondary that hasn't played yet that needs a lot of development, and 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 they're going through, and, you know, they're going through the the full speed work in spring practice, and maybe not getting as many high quality challenge looks that you'd like to see them get. I'm a little concerned, but. I'm not going to sit here and formulate an opinion in April. I mean, right? You know, there's there's no point. Like, look at all the players that are going to be coming in in the summertime and be added right. to this team. And you right. got a whole you got a whole four months for the guys that are there to develop further, to get in the strength room with 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 Coach Feely and 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 gets bigger and stronger and faster. And let's right. see what they look like in August. Okay. You know that that's where I stand. Okay. I don't formulate opinions in April. Okay, so we'll wait to to in August. But at least we don't have to go into the triple option this year, and I yeah. think that's a win. You know, that is a win. Those guys will run bulldozers, and now they got a now they got a pass. They got a pass block now, so that's a whole another beast that we don't have to worry about in injuries. But appreciate the call, Gary. Thank you. Anytime, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. I hope I cleared that up for you too. Because uh, yeah, I, I I know like that, that little debate and some of those debates earlier in the show were a little negative. There's no doubt, and it, it may, some things may have come across that way. But like uh, you know, I'm, I don't have a, any any firm opinions at all on a whole heck of a lot right now. Um, okay. I've, you know, I'm being cool. honest. I see a lot of things to be concerned about, but you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, look, I mean, I can't even begin to imagine this disintegrating into a seven win season, you know, right. It, you yeah, know, that's, that's two years to me is too soft. Yeah. That. It that, seems, it's, a... it, it seems that way, you know, but you know, you like, never know, man. Like, like Pitt figures to be a decent team. I still think Virginia is going to be a decent team. Um, you know, you never know what Mac Brown's going to be able to put together up at North Carolina. Uh, that's a road game. I mean, you, you would think that they, that, 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 that should be a victory, but you know, you just don't ever know how it's all going to play out. But uh, gonna, it does seem Manny's going to want to whoop him. Always going to want to whoop him. Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, it, you're right. On the on the surface, the schedule is very favorable. There's no doubt about it. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for the call. Okay. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 845 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing, Greg? Hey, what's up, Greg? How you been, man? I'm good. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Things things are a little testy tonight for the middle of spring practice, huh? Yeah, I know. It was a pretty tough to listen to that for 24, 30 minutes. But anyway, <laughs> I got to Well, you know, I, I, I tried gotta, to give them a little leeway to talk to those two guys. You know, they're, 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 you know they, they go at each other, and, you know, it was all right. Okay, I'd like to get on the phone with this Everything 305. Because he's saying we'd ever get any five stars. Lingard and Pope were five stars. Chad Thomas was a five star, and we got two five stars in the 2021 class right now. So don't tell me we can't get any five stars. We should get more, but we can get some. 
Now, no doubt. I want to talk no about Tate Martell. There were two. There were two Tate. visiting on campus this week. Okay, there you go. Tate Martell, if he ends up being a third string, is that going to affect our West Coast pipeline at all? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, Bob uh, Bolden is an absolute stud. Yeah, I don't think it will, Greg. I mean, uh, you know, like I, I was talking last night um, to Darnell Washington. He's the tight end from Las Vegas that uh, oh. that, that visited this week, and uh, he really doesn't. You know, he's a few years behind Tate Martell. He doesn't really identify with Tate Martell. He's not. He's not considering Miami for because of Tate Martell. So I, I would say, if a kid from Vegas doesn't fall into that category, uh, I don't think it will. Um, Steve, Steve Field, the new tight ends coach, is doing a great job recruiting out west right now and getting these kids to visit. And uh, I think, you know, they had, a, they had a quarterback from California in today, a young kid, 2021 kid, that, that looks like he might be a, a pretty good prospect in that class. And uh, the, the, somehow, some way, man, these West Coast kids are, are, are getting interested in Miami and coming and visiting. Well, we got Jalen Phillips. He's going to be a big timer next year. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, he will. Now, um, who, who, if if the season started this Saturday, who would start on the offensive line? If you well, I think you'd, I, right I, I think Scaife would be the left tackle. Um, I think Donaldson would be the left guard. I think Gaynor would be the center. I think. Um, you know, Hillary probably would be the right guard. And uh, hmm. from there, we'll see. We'll see who wins the, the sweepstakes. I don't know, man. What about Campbell? Campbell's more a guard to me than a tackle. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. What about Herbert? I don't, I, I, when the lights come on in August, I'd be shocked if he's a starter. Okay, how come we didn't hit the transfer portal hard on the offensive line? Who the hell uh, recruited I'm... Tommy Kennedy? That was Searles <laughs> brought him in. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, 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 I have how no explanation. Could be, so how could he be offered by Texas and Oklahoma and be so bad? I don't know. You mean they all you know, missed guys? He's the kind of guy that, you know – you know, maybe I don't know. I mean, I, I can't explain that one. I, I I was stunned that he didn't come in and look like he was gonna, you know, at least challenge for a, a first team job right away. I mean, I, that's what I was anticipating, based on exactly what you're talking about—the people that were recruiting him, uh, how badly they wanted him. But you know, it doesn't look like it's gonna play out that way right now. We'll see. Maybe something happens between now and August. That's why I said you can't judge in April. But Okay. All right. Now, as far as uh, our, you, have, you must have much more confidence in Dan Enos versus Mark Rick. Oh, my God. Not that, I mean, you know, Mark, you know, Mark Rick obviously has a long – you know, track record as a head coach going a couple decades, but as a pure offensive coordinator, what I'm seeing out there on the practice field now compared to what we were seeing the last few years, there's no comparison, Greg. None. Like you can't begin this. You can't compare the two things. That's how distinct it is. 
Okay, during the scrimmage last Saturday, were the ones going against the ones? At times. Not all the time, but at times. Okay. And what's going to be different this Saturday? Is there going to be any contact on these quarterbacks this week? Not sure. I would would say probably not. Probably not. But um, I'm not sure what, you know, what they're going to do. They didn't show too much Saturday, Greg. This is very vanilla. So you're you're predicting an eight and four season right now. If I had to make a prediction today, I would say eight. I want to say nine. I don't see how. I don't think we should lose a home game this year. The schedule. Well, well, but we always think that going into a season, and then you know. I understand things, that. Last and then year, things happen, and, and, and you lose, and you lose to Duke, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah, like it was you just, pouring rain. Remember. Right, things happen. I was at the game. It was things. Awful. Things happen. I, I mean, do you do you realize this guy Trayvon Hill? He's a pretty good player coming in. He had two and a half sacks against Florida State last year. Mm-hmm. This guy's no joke. If you we put him with Garvin, Rousseau, Harvey, and Patchen, that's a pretty damn. Good yeah, I mean, end. only two could play at a time. I'm hoping, hoping, hoping they that they redshirt Harvey. He's ready to play, but he's not going to play much with those other four guys ahead of him, older, you know, guys. He's just not going to play that much. And I just think I think this program's got to start building, man. You got to start redshirting some of these freshmen. My last. Otherwise, you just keep my... spinning your wheels, just spinning the wheels constantly. Right. This is. That's well, what's been going on for over. We, why can't we get a, a legitimate left tackle prospect that can play right away? Don't know. I mean, they don't have one right now. They don't have one right now, obviously. Yep. He was, they don't have one right now. Have, I mean, so we're going to play five guards on the offensive line? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's nuts. Four guards, four guards in a center. Yeah, that's what it looks like right now. Uh, and my that's, last point about my, Mike Rump. Mike Rump has done a great job as a coach. I don't, I don't know what this everything 305 is talking about. These guys do not – they didn't give up a lot of big plays as far as I saw this last few years. The defense was like the best in the country against the pass. So how could Mike Rump not be doing a good job? Doing a very well, good job. What is his beef with Mike? He's not a great recruiter. Okay, he brought in Christian Williams. He had, he had a thing about Rumpf because when Rumpf was in American Heritage, um, he went on the radio one day and, and, and said some things that you know weren't so favorable about my, about the Miami program at, at that point in time. And, uh, okay. you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what got him, you know, sort of uh, sour on, on Mike Rumpf. But it sounds – honestly, it sounds to me like he's coming around a little bit. You know, he mm-hmm. – um, he calls him a good man now. He he went. He, he he admitted to his face that he had been critical of him. They had a nice conversation. I mean, I would say they've come a long way in a year. Well, do you know where this guy coached everything three hundred five? No, we'll have to find that out. Yeah, because I think that's what you should investigate. I want to know. Wait, hold, wait, hold, hold on, hold on, Greg. Hold, hold on one second. Hey, everything, you there? Hey, what's up, Gary? He, we we we, we, we oh, want to know where you coach. Where did you coach? 
collegially, high school, professionally, which one do you want? All of Start them. with all of them. Where'd you coach? Oh, my, my first job was at Highlands Community College uh, in New Mexico. was there for – back then it was called Highlands. It's got a different name now. Uh, coached in northern Iowa. Um, was around Darrell Mudra. As a matter of fact, I was a GA with the basketball program, and, and he used to teach football theory. And it was one of the best classes I ever took. That guy was a genius. He was the guy who uh, was the head coach from the uh, press box at Florida State as well. Uh, let's see. We were all we were also at the University of Nebraska. We were also at the University of. Um, What'd you do at Nebraska? At Nebraska, I was always. I'm a men's basketball coach. Uh, oh, okay. You weren't the football I, coach. Oh, okay. Never, never a football coach at the high school level. I had to do a little bit of that. That's when I came back to Miami. Uh, got my son involved with coaching as well and playing with his career. Didn't end up working out too well. Uh, you know, I've got. I've got six granddaughters, that, uh, grandkids that play at played or playing collegially uh, from softball. I wanted to play tennis, uh, soccer, uh, you know. So basically, we're looking at forty, we're looking at forty-one years total doing this for a living. Been very blessed. High school, I right. in Miami from Northwestern to Carroll City, American when it opened. Uh, Southridge uh, with the great uh, Manny Diaz, Manny, uh, not Manny Diaz, Coach Diaz over there was a great guy. Uh, who's retiring now from Braddock Senior High School. So been around, been very blessed, to be very honest with you. And, and, and I've never questioned Mike Rump as a coach. I've questioned his ability to be a good recruiter and to keep the best kids, Greg, at home. And that's the one thing that's always been an issue with me. But I discussed it with him. He pretty much explained everything. And one thing that I forget, because you know, I, basically losing a marriage or two along the way here and getting it back, you know, those kids become your job. And your real kids that you brought into this world, they become secondary. And when he explained to me that he's 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 a godly he's a godly man as well, you know that balance from a guy that age. I mean, I'm two times his his his, his age. I mean, I, I was impressed with the kid, but I I made it clear what I saw and what I didn't like, and he was great about it. And he made sense because at the end of the day, you can't change who you are as a person. Uh, this kid was a warrior. When it wasn't cool to be in Miami, you know, I get that. Not everybody gets that, but I get that. But these kids don't understand that. You're looking at four generations removed almost. You get me? So that yeah, gap. Yeah, all right, all right. That gap all right, has thanks to be for brought your back to... All right, everything. Thank you, man. Uh, hey, you I'll guys put guys you back on hold. Right. I'll stay on here, Gary. <laughs> all right, so uh, there you go. I, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's been around a while. Yeah, not a lot, of, a lot, not of a lot of football. Like, that's, that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> he's like Stacy Searles. But I will uh, say this, Greg. Greg, you hear him. You hear him all the time on this show. I mean, you know, none of us agree with everything he says. It's far from it. But I mean, you can tell he is relatively knowledgeable. I mean, his knowledge right, does right. come. His, yeah, I mean, his knowledge does come I across. Got, I got a deal for him. I'll make him a bet right now, thousand dollars to the charity of his choice. They lose five games this year. I'll give a thousand dollars to his charity. If they don't, he gives it All to right. mine. I'll book. The, I'll consider he that a bet. No, yeah, we'll, we'll, well, I don't think we're going to get him to agree to give his own thousand if they don't, but, uh, yeah, that's fine. You can donate a thousand dollars if it gets to five losses. Hopefully it won't. So what All else right, you got for guys. us tonight, Greg? You got anything else for us? 
Nope. I'll be to when's the next show when the season starts. We're gonna no next Tuesday. We'll do one next Tuesday after the scrimmage next week. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll um, we'll have a show. We'll have another the, show next Tuesday night. Don't forget to put Ross. And, oh, by the way, what is this guy's uh, name on the boards? Everything 305. It's everything 305. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I must he, oh, he's on, he's on there all the time. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's fighting with everybody. Calls everybody uh, he calls every so calls everybody people. a bath. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Yeah, it gets a little stupid sometimes. I'm on him. I'm on right. him. I'm on his when he's posting on the boards, Greg, I'm on his case all the time. Because it's just all ridiculous. Right. Yeah. But but he, I I all think right. he's pretty good on the show. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you next week. Sir. All right, Greg. Thank thanks you. for calling in as always. Yeah. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let me uh, hit a couple more of these questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. Is Tate Martell a bust, or is he just going through growing pains, adjusting to a new system, school, etc.? And once he gets acclimated and comfortable, will we see a more polished quarterback? Well, I mean... My instinct after three weeks, and, you know, I, like I said a minute ago, I try not to be too judgmental too quickly, but to me, he's been too bad for too many consecutive practices. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe he could turn this thing around um, and, and you know, get acclimated like, like, like the poster said and, and get more comfortable and be more polished. You know, maybe he can do all those things, but – these three weeks have been pretty rough folks. And uh, like, I don't know, man, it, you know, to me, the other guys are just light years better than him right now. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens with Tate. And, uh, you, know, you obviously wish good things for him, man. He's just trying to, trying to find his home and find his place where he could play a little ball. And that's what brought him here. And, uh, you know, maybe he's just pressing, you know, the, the, I mean, he is under a lot of pressure, and I'm sure he's under a lot of self-imposed pressure to to be performing at a at a very high level out there. And it's kind of perpetuating itself because it's not happening, and everyone's talking about his errant throws. And now you have a scrimmage on Saturday, and he, you know, he's throwing wounded ducks into the ground, and people are sitting in the stands, and he's got family members sitting up there, like who were listening to this, and uh, from what I understand, got into a little, you know, bit of a shouting match with some fans, and like it, it's just it's 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 turning into a little bit too much of a of a sideshow, and you know none of that is good for him, I don't think. But uh, you know maybe he bounces out of it, and suddenly a light bulb goes on, and he starts lighting it up. We'll see. We'll see how he does this Saturday. Um, do we think that? The Dan Eno system that is being installed is the best offensive system for the athletes in the program right now. Uh, this team does not have power football personnel. No, it definitely does not. Um, and it seems like that's what he's trying to do. All right. Um, I would not jump to any conclusions right now about that. Um, I kind of get the point. And theoretically, it's power football, but it's not really just power football. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of different things. I mean, they're going to have to be able to run the ball. There's no doubt about it because you can't make the play action game work. Uh, 
the way he clearly wants to if he can't run the ball. But, you know, hopefully they will be able to run the ball a little bit, and and then he can, you know, throw some of the wrinkles of of his scheme out there. What you're seeing in the scrimmages right now is not representative of what you're going to see in the fall. And um, he's running very vanilla plays. He knows Florida and everybody else is watching. Uh, They're not showing anything. Okay, they're not showing anything passing game wise. Very basic. A couple plays they're rolling out there. They rolled out there on Saturday, and uh, so I wouldn't uh, jump to too many conclusions just yet. I think we have to see how it goes in the fall. Um, a lot of people would say that you can't run a pro style offense without a great offensive line. Uh, they th- this will clearly not be a great offensive line. Um, you have to hope it, it gets serviceable by August. So we're going to find that out, I think, in the fall. Um, but I like what I see. I like his use of motion. I, I like that restoration of play action. I like the footwork and the ball handling skills that I'm seeing from the quarterbacks in executing those things. Uh, his coaching is really shining through in that regard. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, personnel does have to fit a scheme. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But um, I think it's way too soon right now uh, to jump to any conclusions in that regard. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. And um, let's go now to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is your boy, Sebastian, man. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Sebastian? How you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I didn't know you had a show on tonight. I just yeah, we threw one on in there, you know. Phone and uh, you threw one in there. It just kind of surprised me. So I don't know what. Yeah, we're we'll do it. We'll we'll, we'll do another one next Tuesday night as well. <clears throat> okay. Um. So there's some of the stuff I may be asking may have already been discussed. So you just gotta forgive me because I came on late. But I guess the biggest thing is I see uh, there's a lot of talk about the offensive line. The question I just have is. I mean, there's still some talent out there in the transfer portal. Do you expect some activity to happen once we get past spring ball going into uh, fall camp? What what ta- Just out of curiosity, what talent, what offensive line talent is in the transfer portal that's going to walk into um, Miami in the middle of the summer and start within four weeks? I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I, that I see that, but are you aware of anything? I mean, I mean, there's a kid from Tennessee. I mean, got good size and stuff, but I mean, it just yeah, there, there's like some issues with that kid, and I'm 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 not sure what they are, but I've I've I'd heard that there are some issues there. Um, I know they're aware of him. Okay, man, Gary, you do your homework, man, because I'm telling you, I feel like I do mine, because I'm just like you know, I just believe you know what we have on the team right now. Going in to go play Florida, I just don't think it's enough. And Here, here's where you have to maybe hope. You got maybe maybe there's a guy that's like the number six or number seven guy at a program like Alabama or Auburn or Georgia or one of these places where they're really deep, who can put himself in the portal and can do it. You know, he's got a connection to somebody who has a connection here or whatever, and there's a paved road there to come to Miami and play right away. Like maybe, maybe something like that could evolve um, after spring, after spring practice when the coaches go out recruiting and, mm-hmm. you know, and 
you know, maybe there's a kid somewhere that's that feels like he should be playing more. The, you know, he, he, it's his last year, and he doesn't want to be a backup, and he'd he'd rather come take his chances to try to be a starter at Miami. You know, maybe something like that can materialize. But I can't imagine that there's somebody just sitting there right now in the transfer portal that's not on a team that will walk in here and start. Like I can't even imagine that. Man, then that 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 makes it kind of discouraging kind of going into the season. Cause the well, I'm not saying that that, 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 that I'm right. I haven't I haven't researched every kid that's still sitting in the transfer portal, but I I just find it hard I, to believe I, I, that there's I'm, if there's a kid I'm good enough to home. come here and start, uh, 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 you know, being here a month. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a bad situation right now, but I can't believe it's that bad. Or maybe that, or maybe there's a kid that we think is going to sign at one school and it doesn't work out. That was a, probably a four or five star. I mean, I mean, remember Centrell Henderson signed with USC? You remember that? And then that whole debacle came and he kind of fell into our lap. The point I'm trying to make is, I mean, we know we got problems on the offensive line and just to do nothing and just to roll in the fall camp is just going to be so discouraging because I do believe like the offense is going to be better. Um, just with the talent that they have and just the scheme. I just think the scheme is going to be just different because if nothing else, there's going to be an element of surprise. No one's going to have film on this offense that we're going to put out on the field. Not this year. You know, they'll have to look at what Dan Enos did when he was at Arkansas and Alabama, but they won't have film on, you know, Miami this year. So that's a good plus. The other thing I wanted to uh, find out from you since you saw close to the team is what's the attitude of the team in regards to, is there a dissension between, you know, offense or defense? Is no. They, is it, are, are they kind of buying into the system? Are they Absolutely. Are they I think the attitude's great. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah the um, attitude's great. No, I don't, there's no dissension or anything. I mean, um, you know, I, I think having a, some new coaches come in and a new system and, I mean, I'm, you know, the defensive guys – they got to defend that thing every day in practice. I mean, they see the advancement and, and and things like that. They see how those guys are working. I think there's a lot of excitement on the team. I don't think there's any dissension at all. How strong do you think our defense is going to be this year? Because, I mean, last year I will say they kind of surprised me a little bit. But um, when I look at the talent that we lost, I'm just wondering how strong is going to be the defense. I mean, it's going to be hard to replace replaced the Jaquan yeah. Johnson and a, and a red wine. I mean, those guys were just, they were just solid. I mean, so he, may not have here's, he, here's the, the, here's the problem. Solid. Here's the problem as I see it. Think about what you just said. Okay. It's going to be hard to replace Jaquan Johnson and Sheldrick Redwine, And it is going to be hard to replace them. Those two guys are going to be late, late, late NFL draft picks. Okay. Why is Miami playing with its best players being guys that, that are barely draftable? And 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 that's the problem that exists in this program right now. And why I say that for this thing to really turn the corner, you, they they have got to be able to recruit over the next couple years one elite dude at every spot on the field. And um, your point, I think, is great. I mean, we know the defensive ends are very good. There's no question about that. Uh, defensive tackle, is until proven otherwise, is a huge question mark. I mean, look at what you, – you went into a bowl game last year 
against the Wisconsin team that was believed to be at about the same level. Okay, and it was just an average, above average team. They beat the living daylights out of uh, out of out of us at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I mean, you saw what happened in that game. Now it's very easy. Wait, wait, wait. It's very easy to say, oh, that's all Mark Rick's fault. No. I mean, they manhandled us at the line of scrimmage. They could have had 600 yards rushing in that game if they didn't call off the dogs in the second half. Um, that's a huge concern. Okay. Bethel, Silvera, Ford, those guys got to show up a lot, a lot better in August for this defense to just be at the same level it was last year. Um, now you're, you're in decent shape at linebacker. As long as Shaq or Pinckney don't get hurt, it's all good. Um, you know, but there's no backups at all. Like, you know, Jennings is, is, is probably the fourth guy after McLeod. And like, there's not, there's, there's no answers there. Depth at linebacker. How bad is his injury? How bad is his injury? I think he'll be okay, but he'll be okay by the fall. I'm sure. But, Depth is a huge issue at linebacker, not just because of the effect it has on defense. How about the impact on special teams? Your 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 backup linebackers are, are supposed to be the heart of your special teams. There are no backup linebackers on this team. That is massive. Okay, that's something that nobody even thinks about. I don't hear anybody talk about. Massive. You know, that's something that that, that has to be you know taken into consideration and, and looked at. Now. Secondary, you know, Bandy is a very good, overachieving, phenomenal cornerback. He's really developed into a very good player. You don't have anybody else that's proven there. Um, you know, Gervin Hall um, in, in, in the secondary, I mean, looks like he's going to be a very good player. Um, Amari Carter, same thing, but they're unproven. So there's a lot of question marks on this team. And that's why I don't get all like crazy if if people express their concerns, say they you know they they wonder how good next season's going to go and things like that. I don't take it personally or get upset or whatever because there's a lot of question marks on this team and a lot of things that have to be proven and and defense is going to be one of them. So so it's with all the question marks. I think the only thing that you I've heard you say. Is- that's probably going to be solid. It's just the linebacker position if we don't have – Well, and the injuries. defensive ends. The defensive end positions is – the defensive end position and the tight end position are two positions on this team that should look like Miami should look. I mean, you've got, you've got really? four or five I – mean, really? you, You've got four or five really good defensive ends that are going to be on this team next year. Um, you've got two absolute stud tight ends. Studs. At you know, at tight end, uh, but you can't say that about every other position on the team. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's just you know, being me being on it. I mean, I would love to be able to say every position's like tight end and defensive end, but they're just not at that point now. It's it's got to happen in recruiting, and that's why I like the fact so, that they're not rushing to fill the class. Like they don't have 18 commitments in April. You know, no, they're. Well, I, I don't. I never. I never like that too because. You got 18 commitments in April, and 16 of them will be decommitted come February or, or right. December. I, I've I've seen this game play before. 
the last question I have is I know other people. And, you, and you're not go, and you're not going out and you're not going out and pursuing the best players in the country, and that's what they're doing right now. You had two five stars from the West Coast. Well, you had two five stars from the West Coast on campus this week. That's phenomenal. That is phenomenal recruiting. And those kids may not come, but just getting those kids on campus is phenomenal recruiting. Well, they go they go back and they tell their friends and they say go check it out, and you just never know how things kind of fall into place. Dude, these kids are loving. They're loving what they're seeing. They're loving what they're seeing. I mean, and and like you know, I I, I spoke to Darnell Washington last night, the tight end. He's like, man, this is going to be one of my five official visits. Like, you know, he's very impressed by by what he's seeing down here. Um, Justin Flo um, has been kind of hiding from us a little bit this week, but um, from what we heard, that visit went as well as it could go. And and he's going to consider Miami now. It's going to be tough at the end of the day to win on that kid, but I like that they're in the game, and that's what they should be doing. And we haven't seen enough of that. In the game with the elite players around the country, not putting all the eggs in the South Florida basket. You want to get the best kids from South Florida. You want South Florida to be the heart of the team, no question about it. But you got to be able to go outside of here and go into other places around the country and pull elite difference-making players. And that's what they're trying to do. And they may be successful. They may not be. But you got to try to do it before you can be, succeed at it. Well, I, I, tell you, I tell you, that's the best approach I think they need to take because we've been left at the altar too many times with a lot of these South Florida kids. I look at a kid like Reggie Wayne that we went and pulled out of Louisiana. I'm just looking at kids we just went across the country to go get. And, uh, and they'll come hey, how about with the cornerback, Christian Williams? How about Christian Williams who fell into, the, into this year's recruiting class? That kid was committed to Alabama for months. Yep. Yep. Who would have ever yep. thought he would end and, up in and, Miami? And and and, 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 and and pencil this down on this day. That kid is going to be a stud. He's going to be a good I'm player. I'm telling you, that kid, that kid is going to I, – I, I see him by the end of the season taking one of those starting cornerback positions, and that kid is going to be a stud. He is going to be a stud. We, we, will be, we will be talking about him for a while. He's going to be a stud. I like, I like his attitude, his demeanor. I mean, he has the right height, right length. I, th- I think that kid is going to be a stud. So just kind of put me on hold. I mean, I don't want to say what I think my, I predict, my prediction for the season is going to be. It's, it's not too early. Too from where you're at. But my biggest it's too thing early. Is see, see how many kids show up in the fall, and we'll get a chance to see what we look like. But there are some problems that we know we have that I just we need to see improvement before we step on the field August 24th. Um, to play the Florida Gators. Not that we don't, we're not going to put a team out there that should be on the field with them, but we just got some areas that we just can't let be exploited because we know we got to address those issues right now. So just keep me a hold. Look forward to your call next week. And uh, we'll right, keep the conversation going. You got it, man. Thanks, as always, for being part of the show. All right, guys, there's room on the board if you want to get in tonight. Um, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let me hit a few more of these questions that were submitted on the uh, message board at canesport.com before I go back to the phone lines. Um, team should spread – offense should spread the field and take advantage of the speed – since the offensive line's a liability, that's a better system 
for the quarterbacks too, especially Martell. Well, I mean, a lot of football people would agree on this, and and um, and I don't think that the Staninos offense precludes spreading people out by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, you know, he came in with a system. It's a system he believes in, and you know, maybe he doesn't necessarily agree. Maybe he likes the personnel he has. He's not really going to say at this point. Um, but right now, it does not look like they're going to run a pure spread, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some spread concepts work their way in uh, by the fall. We'll see what happens there. Um, who will start a quarterback in the spring game and get the most reps? Um, right now, it looks like Nikozi Perry is going to start. Um, he's got a slight edge, I think, just because he's he's, he's played a little bit. Uh, but look for the reps to be split pretty evenly between Perry Williams and Martell. Uh, wouldn't even be shocked to see Proctor get in a little bit. Um, I don't think it really matters who starts. I mean, this thing's going into the fall with this competition. Coaches have no, as you heard earlier in the show, no desire to try to declare a starting quarterback right now. There's, they haven't seen enough. There, there's really not a ton of separation. Uh, so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too fixated on who starts on Saturday um, and, and be, would be more fixated on how each guy plays individually. On a scale of 1 to 10, what's the level of optimism um, about what we see from Dan Eno so far? I mean, it's got to be a 10. I mean, he's one of the best-looking coaches I've seen out there in a long time. I mean, this guy's the real deal. Um, I thought James Coley did some really good things in his time at Miami, but you have to go back to Chud. I mean, yeah, you you got to go back as far as Chud, I think, you know, to say that this program has had an offensive coordinator that at least appears to be of the quality that Dan Enos has shown these three weeks. Um, so I would I would definitely put that one at a 10. Um, let's see. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Um, what? What's going on? Um, what's the perspective on Coach Butch? And is he having an impact on the development of the line? Well, um, look, we've talked about it a lot tonight. I would say the offensive line is, is a work in progress. There's no other way to put it. Uh, I don't think the gainer injury help matters. Neither did Tommy Kennedy clearly being challenged to play at this level. Um, he was running second team center, and they – when uh, Gaynor got hurt, they moved Donaldson from guard to center where he had never played before instead of letting Kennedy play center. And that tells you a lot. Um, there's just a, a gaping deficiency at offensive tackle. Um, Russo and Garvin and even Patchen to a degree can do whatever they want in practice. Uh, you know, it's just not, it's not a great situation. So um, on a positive note, when they didn't have to go against the first team, in the scrimmage on Saturday, I think the line did a decent job against the second and third teamers and walk-ons, um, but that's not what they're going to have to go against once the season starts, obviously. Um, so they're going to need to improve a lot over the summer. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Uh, Doing great. Who's this? What's up, man? What are we... All right, hey, man. What you got for us? Um, all right. Well, first thing about Rump, um, I mean, you interview these guys a lot. Like, 
Rump kind of has the personality of Randy Shannon. Uh, he's like an introvert. He's like uh, like a quiet. You know, he doesn't really have a good personality per se. Um, if you I don't know if that's like true. Panda, I don't. Well, well, no, he's not as animated as Banda, but I don't. I don't know if what you're saying is really true. I mean, Rump's a good guy, man. He's a really good guy, and he should very, be. Like, you know, you gotta be. You gotta be likable. Um, you gotta have. A he is likable. He is. To... I've known Mike for for a couple decades now. He is likable, and he yeah, should dude, be a great they recruiter. They have his interviews all over the internet. You, you can't. Uh, Say that he's like this uh, outward going person, shy. He doesn't have, he's not funny. He doesn't have a, an, uh, you know, you could say that you like him, but uh, a lot of people don't like him. A lot of the kids aren't very attracted to him. You know, even his own kids, I don't want to slam Mike Rump. I didn't come on here to do that. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's the same thing with Nikosi Perry. Uh, he's a weird, you know, if you, give, you do interviews with him and you do interviews with, say, like a Tate Martell. You can see that there's glaring deficiencies in, uh, you know, it's just their ability to communicate with people, um, and that that's a big aspect in this that you know maybe doesn't get get talked about. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you. I mean, listen, he's not flamboyant in in that way or or anything along those lines, but he's a really good dude. Um, he's a solid he's human a really being, good. and and he should Sorry. and as as and as a recruiter, he should be. He's, a way more effective recruiter than he than he is right there now. We go. All right. I and 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 and, and 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 I think that that's because he hasn't done a lot of it. And I think somebody he needs to work with him. I, I I wish they had somebody on the staff who could be a mentor for him in that regard. Dude, what who you, who that makes who no has a track record? Wait wait time out man time out time out. Let me let me answer your question. Um, you know I wish they had somebody on the staff who was a proven top-shelf recruiter in college football who could take Mike Rump under his wing sure. and, and, yeah. and, and help him Let develop him into, the, into that kind of recruiter. Um, I'll tell you, like Thomas Brown, who was on last year's staff, yeah. I felt the same way about. I thought Thomas Brown should have been one of the best recruiters in the country. I mean, they got nothing out of him in recruiting. So, like, you know, I, I think that the, the program could use a top shelf recruiting guy who knows, uh, you know, how to get the, the job done out on the road and stuff that maybe could like be sort of a mentor for guys like coach Rump. But I don't agree with what no, you're saying about you him as, as a person. He, he's, he's a good dude, man. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, if you really look, really what we need to improve recruiting is we need somebody on the sidelines, you know, these, these you need to pay a little bit to these kids. I mean, not necessarily the coaching staff, but every major program has got somebody who has a big pocket, kind of like a Nevin Shapiro type of dude, who's does, doesn't affiliate it with the coaching staff, but is, you know, giving these kids incentives to come to the university. And that's really what, if we're going to just talk blatantly about this, uh, that's really what would put us over the hill. That's what would get a lot of these kids to come if they were given some kind of money to come. You know, I it might be going on now. Who knows if it's going on now here, but not to the to the level of some of these other programs. That would set us up. You know, get get those like you were saying in each position, uh, like a like a five star or, or like a like a freaky type of kid. 
uh, it's that, and also you got to give people some kind of personality. Um, you know, you could you could have like Rump falling around James Cooley or a Duggins or like a good recruiter, but he's never gonna have their personalities. It's that, and also you have to pay them a little bit. You have to pay these these kids. Um, so that that's really what what it would take. Um, All right, what else you got? The other thing I was, yeah, the other thing is is like. Uh, you know, you got all this plethora of talent at some of these positions, and they're stockpiled in – like you said, like we have like three t- or two tight ends that are just like amazing athletes, you know, or, or even the, the defensive ends. You don't think we can move around some of those people to, to some of the positions that we, we need? I don't think so. Like if you I, I don't like think – like a, like a Will Mallory and put him in as like a like a, like a offensive tackle? No. Or something? No, he's a, he couldn't do that. He might Why lead not? the team in receiving. Well, number one, you you'd be weakening yourself because Will Mallory might lead the team in receiving this year. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, the the other thing, what about Brett? I w- they're not. They don't have. The, they, they're not offensive linemen. No, they're athletes. They don't have offensive line bodies. They if they were bigger, maybe or whatever, they could maybe. But like they I mean, have we have seen tight ends. Be- yeah, no, they don't. They don't. It's not even a. You can't even. A, it's not even something worth talking about for one second. It couldn't happen. Well, I don't know if you've seen what's going on with these defensive ends, but basically every team that gets like a freaky six foot four, two twenty, really like a LeBron James, any free, you put your freaky athletes at defensive end, and they just track race, they boat race to the QB. You got to have somebody who's able to move and and able to if they put a juke move or they just blow up past somebody, you got to be able to match them athletically. You can't just put some big Shrek dude. In front of like a like a uh, one of these freak athletes type type ultra mega athletes and, and expect them to block. Yeah, fair enough. All right. And then, like, look, the last thing I I know uh, you got your your big fan of Enos, but Enos has not had the uh, he's not had the offensive team ready. I think you're 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 looking at the uh, offense and you're like, oh, it's very structured. Wait, 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 wait. Who said anything about it? How's he supposed? To... Wait, wait. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. One sec. How's he supposed to have the offensive team ready in three weeks of spring practice when they're installing an entire new system? He doesn't even have. He, he doesn't even have. Them, he hasn't had them ready at all. He the, the defense has been told as ready for what? Words, he said the, de- the defense has totally dominated the offense. Yeah, and, and they should. Kind of They're putting in an entirely new system. Okay, why why are you so high on it? Like, why, what are you saying? Because I've watched him coach now for three weeks, and the guy's a total stud. Well, what, what are you saying? Because the practices are organized? I'm saying, beca- I'm saying because I've watched this for 40 years here, and I've seen good coaches, and I've seen average coaches, and I've seen bad coaches. What if like a drill, and, what if like a drill instructor came in and, and, and structured the offense of uh, practices really really rigidly? With, is that, that's more of like what he's done, right? It's, it, he structures them well. I like the teaching, like the constant teaching I'm seeing. I like the improvement. I'm, I mean, you should see these quarterbacks. They're night and day. And I'm not saying either one of them is ready to win the Heisman Trophy. But it's night and day watching these guys perform on the practice field in comparison to what we were seeing in the past. Okay? And, and that's what I'm basing it on. Now, 
you know, I don't know what's going to happen once the season begins. And, and, you know, maybe he's not successful here, but he, he looks to me like a, like, 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 a, like exactly what he was advertised as being. And that's a really good offensive coach. Uh, I don't know. All right. Okay, last point. Here. Why are you so negative, by the way? I don't understand. Why, what do you, why are you so negative? Well, I don't agree with a couple things. I don't think Enos is a good choice for the offensive coach. But why? Like, why would you um, say that? Because of, Wait, what, of are you what, ba- so what are you basing that on? He was a, basically a quarterback's coach in in Alabama. He only had okay. coaching, coaching experience in Michigan State. He's never really had, had like, a really uh, – like, if you look at his, his resume, it's not all that great. And then also in the in the games that, that we've seen, these spring practices, they've been totally – like, they haven't done anything. They haven't done anything. And if you look at who, like, Florida State uh, – Hired. Now, that guy has got a did, did you go to the scrimmage on Saturday? Wait, hey, did you go to the scrimmage Saturday? So what are you talking about? The one at Dade North. Yeah, did you go to the scrimmage on Saturday at Dade North? UM scrimmage. Yeah, were you there? Were you there on Saturday? I saw it. You watched the video. Yeah, I saw the video. Okay. All right. Now. I'm not overreacting to it by any stretch of the imagination because a lot of the time they were going against second and third teamers and walk-ons, but yeah, they had some nice nice plays on offense the other day. They were running the ball very well. You know, I thought Williams and Perry threw it relatively accurately. I mean, they were very vanilla. They didn't show a lot, but I wouldn't classify them as doing nothing. Like they were okay. So right. you know, well, I'm not please. saying I'm not saying you know go go to Vegas and and bet that Miami's winning the national championship next year. But I mean, look, it, it, this it, is it, my only beef. This is my only beef is that every time a new coach comes in, you always say that the new coach is better than the old coach, and every year you're like, oh, this is such a difference. This is such a difference. You no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that now. I I'm I've been the first one to it, say tonight that no. I was the first one to point out tonight that everything last year was not Mark Rick's fault. No, after the fact, you know, that, but when Mark Rick came in and you, you, you said that Mark Rick was so, so much better than Al Golden, you could see he the was. difference. And then you said the same he, thing about Golden when, when he took over for Shannon, and now you're saying it about Enos, and it, it has no, like, basis in it. Let me – how long has it been – how long has it been before Mark Rick did it? Wait a minute. Time out. Question. Question. Before Mark Rick peeled off, what was it, 15 straight wins? When had yeah. Miami ever done that before? No, but uh, that's not... When had Miami won 15 straight games before? When? How long has it had it been? Well, it was 2000... It was, it, it was, no, it was back in 2001, 2002. Yeah, but... The, so Mark Rick, every, Mark Rick was fine. Mark Rick was fine until the Pittsburgh game of 2017. That's Harry, when it started to come with, apart. Everything That's you're what saying it, about Enos, you were saying about Mark Rick. Okay, and then he won 15 straight games. Okay, he won 15 straight games. They were a victory away from going and playing Clemson as an undefeated football team and possibly having a spot in the college football playoff locked in regardless. If they don't lay an egg in that Pittsburgh game on the road when they had the Thanksgiving dinner the night before and showed up like fat turkeys, if they don't lay an egg in that game, they might have been in the playoff in 2017. Yeah. 
Hey man, okay, they won 15 the straight games. I, so yeah, Mark Rick was not a total disaster. Game. He lost it I'm last not, year. Last year he was horrendous. No argument. But how can you not say he wasn't yeah. better for a time than Al Golden? He was. He got I feel like he got the indoor practice facility built. Do you think Carol Sofer would have donated fourteen million dollars to build an indoor practice facility if it hadn't been for Mark Richt? Yeah, look, when Mark Rick was was first hired, I'm not talking about fifteen games in and all this kind of thing. You were saying how much better he was than Al Golden, were you not? He was. Be honest. No, no, he I'm was. Last 15 games and all this. Okay, now wait. Dude. When Al he, he came was in better. And, and he took over for Randy Shannon. When Al Golden came in, he took over for Randy Shannon. Weren't you saying how you saw visible improvement and how how much better he is? How much I thought Al Golden had a Golden chance Bump? to be a great head coach. I thought he had a chance to be a great head coach. He blew it. He blew it when yeah. he didn't You're make, saying the same make... thing about Enos. And this is this is why you're saying it. You look at practice. Oh, it's more organized. And I've seen like little. No, Eno, look, Eno, Danny Enos does. He doesn't have an offensive line right now. He, you know, he doesn't really have a great quarterback. You know, he's going to be weighted down. I'm just telling you. I've watched the guy coach now for three weeks, and I've been very impressed by him. Okay, I'm just giving you an opinion. You can disagree with it. It's fine. But I'm just telling you, I've watched him now for three weeks, and I've been like, wow, this guy's really good. And I don't know anybody that dis- I don't know anybody that, that's out there watching that, that disagrees. And, and you've said that about every single new coach. Okay. Would you agree I just with explained, that? I just explained to you. When Al Golden came in, I saw a guy that had a chance to be a very good head coach. He blew it. Would you agree with me? He blew it at the end of year three. Dude, let me explain it to you. He blew it. He blew it at the end of year three when they got their butts kicked by Louisville in that bowl game, and he didn't make the changes he needed to make. That's where Al Golden Golden blew it. Okay? Um, Mark Richt was unbelievable until he lost it last year. And inexplicably, I don't know why or what. But he last year was the worst but head coaching year I've ever of all seen the here. New hires, when, when all the new hires were first hired, you say the same thing about each new. No, that's player. not true. That's not true. I didn't say it this Come time. On. Hey, the board. No, I know that I'm talking the truth. Dude, I didn't say it. I didn't say it this time. You said it about Gold. Who did I? Who did I think they should have hired when when the, when the job was open before anything was done? The day Mark Richt said he was retiring, who did I say I thought that they should go hire to be the head coach? Well, now you're talking about Diaz. I'm talk- no. I'm talking about- I didn't say that I thought that they should hire Manny as the head coach. Uh-huh. Who did I say that I thought they should hire as the head coach? Do you remember? I think you, you, you love Mario Cristobal. That's like, I thought that Mario they should Cristobal. hire Mario Cristobal. I thought Mario Cristobal was the perfect fit for what this program needed at that moment. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not supporting Manny Diaz now that he's the head coach. Are you related to him at all, or why do you like Mario no. Cristobal so much? Because I've watched him like, work what, what now for, like? for a very long time, and I think, he's, I think he, he would be the perfect fit for what they need here at Miami with the qualifier being he has to have great coordinators, and I think he knows he needs great coordinators, and I think he would hire great coordinators and could lure them here. And I felt that he would be the guy that would have the best chance 
to solve the Alabama-Georgia problem, where I think if he walked into that building, that all of a sudden Nick Saban and Kirby Smart aren't coming down here and grabbing the best players from South Florida. I felt like that would be the case. I felt that proven recruiter on the national level over many, many years, that he would be able to elevate the level of athlete that was coming into this program, and everything else would be equal. And and that was Everything how I felt else, at the time. But, but so so my point my point is this. My point is this. I don't just okay. unconditionally say with no foundation that just because a new coach is coming in that everything's utopia and the program's going to win the national championship next year. Okay. Um, I give an honest opinion. And when you mention Al Golden. When Al Golden came in and I and I got to know him and, and see how he works and everything, he was a very, very organized, intelligent guy. Like Al Golden, he was personable. He's a good-looking guy. He presented well to the parents. Uh, he had a chance to be a very good head coach. He blew it. Okay? Mark Rick so was Mark a very Rick, good head yeah. Mark Rick was a very good head coach when he was winning 15 straight games and getting this program back into relevance in college football. What happened last year? I will never be able. To, I'll never be able to explain what happened last year. I don't know, dude. All right, I, I listen. I, I got to be done. You're, you know, you're just like, you know, you're not listening. I'm being honest with you, and you don't want to hear it. But I don't know what happened to Mark Rick last year. I can't even begin to tell you. It was, but it was, a, it was, a, it was a total disaster. I've never seen a guy lose it like that so quickly. Uh, it was the worst head coaching year I've ever seen. All right, man. Hey, listen. Thank you so much for being part of the show. It's been great uh, talking to you. I hope I clarified some things for you. Right, and if nah, you want, give us a call. Next, work, give man. us a call. Give yeah, give us a call next week if you want. All right, man. All right. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three. Wow, man. For a mid-April Kane Sport Live show, this one's uh, taking on a little bit of life to tonight. Uh, kind of interesting. Um, but anyway, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to join the party. Let's go out to the 352. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, man? This is Brad and Gary. Oh, man. These guys are wearing me out, man. They're wearing me out. Dude, you're telling me. <laughs> you're telling me. This is crazy. So Crazy. I'm, hearing, I'm hearing a lot of I'm hearing a lot of confusion about uh by these hurricane fans. I don't, I don't think anybody's trying to uh, realize exactly what's been going on. So let me get this straight. You guys keep talking about recruiting a lot, but I think what a lot of people are misunderstanding is our big question mark wasn't recruiting; it was developing. Okay, we we've, we've had you're you're talking about Golden, you're talking about Rick, talking about quarterback coach. When you name all three of these guys, you don't think of anything when it comes to developing. Same thing with Coach Searles at O-Line. We have never had developing. It's not the recruiting. It's the developing. You're starting to see guys like Butch Berry. Can it be both? I mean, Can it but, be both? You've got to understand, of course, but it's always going to – I mean, we're University of Miami. We're always going to get those guys. It might not be the five-star guys, but it's developing that matters. You've got to think, when we play these teams like Duke, like – uh, Boston College, you look at teams like USF and UCF, they're not getting five stars, but they're developing in the right positions. When you look at Miami, we have never developed in the key positions. And that is what's hurting us. You look at quarterbacks, you look at O-line. We're now starting to get guys that are three stars like Zion Nelson that are starting to develop. Why? Not because we got Coach Searles that's blowing whistles and just telling guys what to do left and right. No, we're actually getting a guy that's sitting each young guy down, 
and older guy and being able to diagnose exactly what's wrong with each player. You're looking at the same thing with quarterback. You look at Enos. It's not about throwing a ball. You've got to be able to put the right rotation, the right touch, depending on the play. We have never been able to get those guys to get taught those things. And then we're talking about all these losses, four or five losses. Guys, our, 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 court, our, our head coach is Manny Diaz. If you look at Manny Diaz the past two years we've had him, yes, he wasn't the head coach, but the guy knows what he's doing. He pays attention to detail. Mark Rick, Al Golden, Randy Shannon, those guys, you talk to them, you want to fall asleep. You listen to a guy like Manny Diaz, he gets you alert 24-7. What do you think he's doing to these players and all these coaches? We're finally starting to get – Coaches hired in the right positions. When have we ever hired all these little assistants in all these small categories that these big-time schools like Alabama, Florida, Georgia that are getting? We're now finally starting to get these little things. Yes, it will take time, but you guys got to understand, we're planting the seeds in the right positions now where Manny Diaz is giving us light. And I think a lot of these other big-name staff that you're seeing that come to the the practices, they're starting to notice that it's a different, it's a d- different air, it's a different aroma in the in the atmosphere in our practice facility, and that's because of what Manny Diaz is doing. Now, I live in Gainesville, so I am listening to a lot of this Florida chat. But what a lot of Miami fans are forgetting is Florida lost a lot of guys. Okay, yeah, Felipe Franks, he's starting to do well, but you know why he's starting to do well? It's because Dan Mullen knows how to develop quarterbacks. That was always our problem, is developing. He's getting guys in the right players and making the right plays at the right time. Now, again, their defensive line, they don't really have much. So our O-line, yes, we're a little shaky right now, but our D-line that our O-line is facing right now is a lot tougher than Florida. I can guarantee you that right now. And then you want to talk about O-line, okay? Yes, we have O-line problems, but so do they. A lot of people might not know this, but – all five starting offensive linemen for Florida come August 24th, none of them have started one game, not one. Okay, you talk about these five defensive ends we got, like Patchen, Hill, Russo, Garvin. These guys are going to eat them up, okay? And D-tackles, I know you're I know you're a little off about Nesta and Ford, but – I'm not – no, I'm not off. I'm saying they got to get a lot better. they got to get a lot better than they but, were in December. I, I understand that, but I mean, you got yeah. at the same time you got Nesta that only played what two or three meaningful games, but he was behind one probably arguably the best D tackle in college football last year. Okay, so mm-hmm. I mean, between him sitting out, learning from Gerald Willis, and getting the proper coaching that he's been able to get these past two years from Manny Diaz, I mean, it, it just takes time, and I think a lot of these Miami fans are are not giving the proper guys the right time now. I think before we weren't giving time and we were having the wrong coaches and players in the wrong spot. And now we're starting to finally get the right people in their spots where all we do now is we need, we need to wait a little bit. Yeah, we have some holes at linebacker, like you were saying. But at the same time, we're changing up our scheme to where we don't need to be five, six deep at linebacker. We have our striker where Romeo Finley and Gilbert are going to be able to use as that third linebacker to use and play that slot. You, you, you mean, do you need to be 5-6 deep the linebacker, and it's for the reason I said I'm, a few I'm, minutes ago. You uh, need those guys I, for special I, teams. I, I No, see, I disagree with you on that because if you listen to our coaches every single day in practice, uh, special teams is where our best players play. And unfortunately, that is not your fourth and fifth string linebacker. Sorry, Gary. Um, uh, yeah, it is. It, it is in addition no, to it, your best players. 
Gary, 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 no. If you listen to our coaches, they literally say in in videos that our best players need to be playing special teams. You're Am not right you're right? not putting you're not putting eleven starters out there on a kickoff coverage team. I, I know, you might I, have two you so, might so have I two know. or three. You might have a couple starters out there. But the, the but the so, bulk so you, of the guys that you have out there on your kickoff teams and your punt coverage teams and things like that should be okay, your backup linebackers. Mean, or why can't it be a backup safety like Gervin Hall? Because Gervin Hall might not. It can. Everybody's talking about. Bubba it can. Bubba. It would be a backup safety too. No doubt. So, no so, question. So why are you saying a fourth, fifth string linebacker? I mean, we're not going to have fourth, no. fifth string linebackers running on kickoff anyway. No, I said your fourth or Let's fifth. Your fourth or your fourth or fifth linebackers would be second string. Gary, Gary, come on, man. We we only need two or three two or three linebackers right now based off our defensive scheme and who we have rushing the ball. Okay. Whatever you, whatever you say, but like, did you see elite special teams last year? Oh, dude, dude, come on. Really? Who watches elite special teams? Let's be honest, dude. Well, well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. We, Miami used to have the best special teams in the country. Oh, Miami used to have the best everything in the country, Gary. I mean, no, but my point, but, but my, but my, but my point is, that the special teams could be significantly better than what, they, what they've been, and the reason they haven't been real good largely has been due to the lack of depth at, at places like linebacker. But, but you're looking at the, small, the smallest thing possible. The, the biggest thing were quarterback developing and O-line and play calling, yes or no, the past two or three years. Let's be honest. And when yeah, it wasn't they, teams, th- it those were definitely play, at the top of the list. The line. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah, so but when you go seven and when you go coach, seven and six against the kind of schedule yeah. that's, that that we play here, the problems okay. are are obviously numerous. Then, then I'm correct, know? right? So, so let yeah. Me, oh, you're so definitely correct. Yeah, the things you mentioned so, are so definitely off, correct. But so there's more than the that. Is what I'm this saying. Year, so so based off the schedule that we are about to have this next coming year, which is even easier than what we had last year, okay, with a new head coach that is better than our last head coach. Yes or no? Because Mark Rick, let's be honest, he didn't do anything. Potentially okay. better. Potentially. He hasn't coached the game yet. <laughs> okay, okay, but I mean. And Mark Rick won 15 well straight Mark... games. Uh, I keep sure. coming okay, back I, to that. I, I, no, he no, no, wasn't no, no, a disaster not... the whole time. Oh, my God. Gary, but, but he only won 15 Why do you guys forget that he won 15 has... straight games? The, we had, I had this conversation a minute ago with the other guy. How do you just Dude, ignore that? Because of Manny Diaz's Who defense. Does... It wasn't because oh, of the offense. Oh, come on, man. Come you, on. He had the number one and number two best defense in the nation back-to-back years, Gary. It okay. Wasn't the All right. The offense was so vanilla. Come on now. Our, a, a seven-year-old okay. kid who's never watched football can, play, can make our play calls. Yes or no? Was our okay. Play I'm just going to say okay. I don't know why why people you, think that you win on one side of the ball. Like it, it, this is a team you, you, you game. You, yeah, you this is a team game. After ten games, after ten games, when your defense has done so much, Gary, they they get they get fueled out. They, okay, they, they did, the, did, at the end of the did the defense did the did the defense lead the comeback at Florida State that year? They should have never been down to begin did, with. Did the defense lead the comeback against Georgia Tech? I mean, it's a, it's a team about... game. It's a team game. And I can't remember every single thing that happened in 2017. I'm just saying, like, it's a team game. All I'm saying is that people need to take their time on this. Florida and, is in the same spot we are, except they are actually being able to develop guys, which we are in the process of doing, okay? 
They are very short on offensive line, just like we are. Our defensive line is a lot stronger than theirs. Okay, yes, they play in the SEC, but I think um, a lot of these young guys that got to see what happened when we played LSU last year, um, it gave them a big wake-up call. Um, and not to mention uh, Manny Diaz being under Dan Mullen um, a few years back. I think it gives him a little bit of upside knowing exactly what Dan Mullen likes to do. Um, at the same time, you, you look at Florida, and they do have two lockdown corners that we do need to be aware of. Um, yes, we have K.J. Osborne, Jeff Thomas, uh, maybe Mark Pope and Hightower at the slot. But besides their corners, Gary, I mean, Florida's defense is just as shaky as ours, if not more. Based off of our DNs that we have, I mean, our pass rush is going to be really, really hard to stop. And seeing Felipe Frank, he, he doesn't get pressured a lot. And when he does, Dan Mullen is able to uh, – find those quick screens and plays that Mark Rick was never even wanting to think about. And I think us being able to get these new plays and developing that not only us fans have never seen yet, but other teams, I mean, no one's going to be able to expect what we're playing on offense. Um, And I think Manny Diaz, what he's doing on defense and having uh, the guy from Louisiana Tech come over and be almost a replica, I think, it kind of helps to where all we need to really do is focus on the offense. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because we are going to, we're going to I know, we're going to see a lot on the twenty fourth. On the twenty fourth of August, we're, 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 we're going to see a lot. Florida was one of the better offensive teams in the country the last half of last year. So you know, I know they've lost some guys and things like that, but it's going to be interesting just to see how that all plays out on the twenty fourth. We're going to know a lot more but, that after after that game. But, again, Gary, you, you, you look at – I mean, I, I love football, so I'm a diehard Hurricane fan. I have the youth tatted on me, and I live in Gainesville. But, I mean, you look at football stats, and you look at what Felipe Frank does from his first year under Dan Mullen to his second year. He uh, – mm-hmm. a lot of people won't even know this, but he was the leading pass uh, – he had the leading pass rating in the SEC football last year was Felipe Frank, if a lot of people don't know that. And Felipe mm-hmm. Franks is not a good quarterback. It, it has no. to do with developing and making the right plays. And I think now that we're able to have a guy like Dan Enos that can kind of do something like that and able to figure out what quarterback will be QB1 and then being able to make the correct play calls based off of how good he is, that alone is going to change a lot. I mean, you heard Malik Rozier in an interview the, uh, a few weeks ago on, I think it was uh, Orange, Orange Bowl Boys or whatever. I mean – what he was talking about with Mark Rickman, I mean, he he didn't know what if he was going to be the starting quarterback till two or three hours before a game, and not knowing half the game plan because he only had one quarterback doing all the reps. I mean, you don't yep. you don't you don't run an offense like that. No, so I, I well, like I agree. Like I said, it was the worst head coaching year I've ever seen, and it was. I'm, so I mean, other than that, um, the only other thing I have to mention is you you were saying we only have elite. Uh, and what, tight ends and DNs right now. The only thing I would probably disagree with is I think you look at running backs right now, I wouldn't say we're elite, but we're definitely right up there. Um, DJ Dallas, based off what he did last year, he's still looking like he's going to come off with another big year off the scrimmage. But you look at a guy like Cameron Harris, man, nobody's talked about him, but this guy is going to be electrifying, man. He looks a little bit of a Mark Walton slash Duke Johnson, slash Lamar Miller. I mean, and you combine those three guys. And he doesn't, he doesn't guys, have Duke. 
Duke Johnson, Lamar Miller speed, but he, he you know, he's he's a he's a good running back. You have two good running backs. They they should be a good one-two punch. I'm not sure either. I would call either one of them elite. I don't think you have a Heisman Trophy contender. I don't think they're Heisman Trophy contenders. They're good. But you don't need a Heisman. Okay, but when I say elite, when I say elite, I'm talking about Portis, McGahee, Edger, and James. That level of player. Yeah, but I mean, Gary, what if you look at the past champions? Champions. uh, I mean, they haven't had elite running backs, and quarterback and receivers and play calling and defense. That is what's won championships, Gary, not running backs. These elite running backs, that they're, they're kind of gone. Not really gone, but it's more of a pass, catch, run running backs. Um, you're looking more at – I mean, you look at Clemson, they didn't have an elite running back. They had a very good running back. They had a very good one-two punch, but they yeah, did not have an elite running back, Gary. That kid at Clemson was pretty good. No, but but Garrett, was he elite? Is he going to get drafted? I, I haven't studied him enough to say whether he's elite no. or not. I don't know what his draft prospects Fair. are or anything like that. But that kid's pretty good. I can tell you right now, the guy. That kid's I, better I mean, than that kid's better than DJ or or Cam. Oh, I, I agree, but he's not elite. What yeah. I'm trying to say is, you don't need to have an elite running back to win the championship anymore, Gary. You look at Alabama; they haven't had an elite running back. But you do have to, so you do have to have elite. You do have to have elite in a lot of places, and th- and that's the reason why teams uh, like Clemson and Alabama are getting there every year because they have elite in a lot of places. All right, man. Hey, let me let now, somebody else get on here. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks. Thanks for being part of the show, and uh, give us a call next week. We'll do, man. Thanks. Yep. All right. Let's go out to the nine five four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. Who's this? This is Joel. Hey, what's up, Joel? What you Not got? Much. I wasn't sure I was gonna. I wasn't sure I was gonna get on at this time. Oh yeah, you're uh, on. Uh, you're on. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. I, I I have about three or four things that I want to mention, but let me start with the first thing. It might sound a bit crazy or egregious, but um, crystal ball prediction for next season. I am predicting that the Canes will be in the ACC championship. Now, I don't know what the record will be, but I believe that they'll be there. And here's some of the reasons why. I believe finally the offense will be able to finally back up the defense, something that's been lacking over the past couple of years, especially last year. I mean, that was abysmal. Uh, But I believe that Enos, Uh, you're hearing things about things like motions and more complex offense, I believe that he's going to be flexible enough to strategize to put the team in a position to either get it to their playmakers or just not be vanilla or whatever it is. You could say even probably be more aggressive. So just that in itself, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why I feel like the offense is going to be able to back defense uh, this season. Uh, also, they left a lot of games on, on, on the table last season. Uh, you're talking about Virginia, you're talking about Duke. Uh, we're not talking about those games with blowouts. I mean, they, they, should, they could have won either one of those games, but the way those games were managed and handled, uh, from a coaching perspective or, or whatever, 
they they lost basically they lost some games that they should have win and this goes back to the abysmal offense and the abysmal special teams. Uh, so I, you know I'm believing just like that caller maybe one or two calls ago. I believe the the new coaching staff is bringing a development of the players that was absent uh, before. And um, and you know another thing is every year is the same thing. Okay, yes, we may be thin here and there. It's the same for every team. Everybody's going to be thin. Everybody moves on to the NFL or they graduate their seniors. Everybody's kind of no a doubt. little bit in the same boat. Um, so now I want to highlight on that point that Miami deals with this all the time. For example, when we didn't have safeties, who was, who was the one that was supposed to come in? We didn't know if Red Wine, Red Wine was going to step up. We didn't know if uh, Jaquan, Jaquan Johnson was going to step up, but they did. And I, I really believe that um, Miami has the players. And, I, again, I allude to that other caller. I think, uh, I think the development they're getting is going to uh, – carry them into the ACC championship. I, I, I get a sense from the interviews, uh, the, the scrimmages, uh, there's, I, hate to, I hate to use the tagline, there is a new Miami, and I know that's coming with a lot of excitement, but it seems like there is a difference. I think you even noted of, of some of the differences, too. Um, yeah, there's 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 a so. definite there's a definite new better spirit to the practices. The practices are better run. Uh, like I've noted tonight, um, you know, I, I like some of the things I see from the new staff. Um, I, I think that you know now they got to get out there. They got one more, you know, a few more days of spring practice here, and then they got to go out and, and and recruit. And and this next month coming up is going to be huge for this program. And you know, this is really the, the the chance for these coaches to, you know, prove that they can take things to a higher level and get some better players in the program. Because, I, I mean, I'm of the opinion that what this program's missing right now is just more elite players. You know, guys that are, you know, Miami's going to be a, a relative non-factor in the NFL draft in, in, a, in a week. You know, it you get you know Gerald Willis might get drafted in the third round, maybe Joe Jackson, maybe in the fourth. Uh, Redwine, um, you know Jaquan, looking at sixth, seventh round. Miami's got to be a bigger player than that um, in terms of the level of talent that is coming out of this program every year and coming into the program. And with the coaches going on the road now for a month of recruiting which is really their chance to get out there and build the relationships and, and try to improve the talent base on this roster. It's going to be a very important month in my opinion. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what's going on in June and July after they get a chance to do that. All right. Yeah. You know, as you were mentioning, bringing in uh, talent, I was thinking about even, um, I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, Bubba Bolden. Yep. Um, he, he'll, he'll be, be in the summer play this season. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that'll even be an enhancement to the um, to the secondary. Um, and one other thing, as far as why I feel the Canes will make it to the ACC championship, I feel that the linebackers and the DMs are going to dominate. 
as long as they're healthy, I feel, uh, 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 um, uh, what's his name? The 55. I forgot his name all of a sudden. Navon? Uh, no, no, no. Linebackers. Linebackers. Um, oh, you, oh you're, you're Shaq. I'm sorry. Yeah. Shaq, Sha- Shaquan, and Pickney. I feel that they're going to dominate this season. They're going to dominate, uh, 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 you know, in their linebacker position. As long as they're healthy, I because those guys came back, I think that's going to also elevate uh, their stock as well. So those are all my reasons why I feel like they're going to make the make it to the ACC championship. Uh, really, really feel that that's a definite possibility. Um, I didn't hear earlier because I got in a little bit late. What's your eye test on the on the on the quarterbacks? I I know it's spring and all that, but from what you see, who do you feel, you know, has an edge? I mean, obviously you won't be making the decision. but I think right, right this minute, Nikozi has a little bit of an edge just because he's played. He's been in a, he's been in a game before. Um, you know, Jaron is still growing up a little bit, but he, you know, he's made very good strides this spring and, um, they're good. This is going to go down to the wire in, into August. And you know, I don't think that, that uh, Coach Enos and Coach Diaz are in any hurry at all to, to pick one of these guys. Uh, you know, they need to see a lot more. They don't have they haven't seen enough. They need to see a lot more. You think they're gonna be looking coach? at they're gonna be looking at they're gonna be looking at things like what happens this summer, you know, who 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 takes the team, you know, and because you know, proves that they're a leader. What happens in the off-season workouts, things like that? You know, all that stuff's going to play into this thing. You think that Texas kid's going to have a shot? No. No. A true freshman coming in who's was a borderline recruit to begin with? No. No chance. Zero. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a roster filler right now. Because because they're trying to get it, they're they're trying to get in on elite dudes for the next couple of years. They're gonna, you know, they're trying to recruit big time quarterbacks or potentially big time quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't know. We'll see. All right. All right. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Do you think Lingard will play next season? You know, he it looks like he's got a shot, but you know, when you're coming off a serious knee injury like that, uh, I think you have to pretty much say that's to be determined you know he hasn't practiced yet you know we don't know how it's going to react when he starts going full full bore on it we don't know what's going to happen when he has to take contact again there's a lot of unknowns there yeah it's a shame it's football man it, it, it it's football it happens you know all right, I mean, that's pretty much it. The only other thing that I wanted to say was that the Florida game, I was just thinking how there's somewhat a similarity from the last time they played where uh, Miami had a new quarterback in place, which was Brock Berlin, and, and they had won that particular game. So uh, I was just making the connection to this, that they, it might be the same kind of situation. Mm-hmm. We will see. It may be soon. All right, man. Well, thank you for being part of the show. All right, thanks. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Um, We will be back with another Cane Sport Live next Tuesday night. We'll talk about what we see in Orlando, 
this weekend, kind of put a ribbon on spring practice and uh, send the coaches off recruiting and wish them well out on the recruiting trail in that month of spring evaluation when they get to go out and, and, and take a look at what's out there and uh, start building their connections a little bit better than what they are today. I want to thank everybody that called in tonight. Um, everybody didn't agree on everything with each other, with me, whatever, but um, the dialogue was fun. The debate was fun, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, so hope to see everybody in Orlando, O-Town, on Saturday morning. We'll be there. We're making the road trip up the Turnpike uh, early Saturday morning, and uh, we'll be there at Camping World Stadium, noon kickoff. And uh, we'll bring you tons of coverage, as always, on canesport.com. And then we'll see you back here next Tuesday night for a new edition of Canesport Live. So until then, good night, everybody. 